Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Puro Puri podcast. It's our um, it's our Christmas special uh, edition, um, and I'm joined as always by my friends uh, David and uh, and George. Um, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, hombres. How's it going? Merry Christmas. No war, but Merry class Christmas. war. Yes, <laughs> that was. I can't say that in Spanish yet, so I have to work that out. Yeah, I thought we first on your fucking list of vocab to learn. Well, no, the first time I've my, on my list of vocab to learn was um, basically one Stella, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they don't have any. But they don't have any Stella, so it's um... una Stella por favor. Yeah, that, yeah. That... That's that, that, that's perfecto. <laughs> that's what Textbook. that is. <laughs> <laughs> that, you're just quoting bits in the fast show now. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes though, I do feel like that in social situations. Like, uh, like, literally, I swear to God, I, I, I literally heard someone say Scorchio. Like, a few, a few, a few, I, I think it was something else, but in my head it sounded like Scorchio. So, it's uh, the the old ISS pro commentator uh, rearing, rearing his ugly head. Yes. You know that Nigeria have qualified for the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Northern always... Ireland. No, no, I mean, no. I'd rather listen to that than fucking, Cl- fucking Clive Tildesley. So, uh, uh, yeah. Clive fucking like, Tildesley. A valiant so, attempt, but thwarted. <laughs> <laughs> my my favourite Clive Tildesleyism is him just like he has this habit of uh, shouting the name of the player before they shoot, yeah, trying yeah. to be all dramatic. So, uh, so I saw someone write on uh, internet comment said, "It's great to hear him shout Michael Ballack as the ball flies into Rosette." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the new advert of Clive Tildesley advertising uh, credit scores? What? Oh, God, do I want to? Why would anyone buy anything on the, on the basis that Clive Tilsley had advertised it? That can't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like somebody's in their bed checking their credit score, and Clive Tilsley just turns up in bed next to him <laughs> and he starts commentating. And he's like, that's your score. You know the score. It's 0 0. And goes, and it's 6 4 1 from this credit, <laughs> shitty yep. credit check agency. God, how how low must your credit score have to be to fund journey spring for Clive Tilsley to come take your lives? Does it, does that ever um, fade out eventually um, after he starts um, talking about um, that balmy night in Barcelona um, <laughs> for the 1500th time? <laughs> By any chance. Uh, this is going to be a good one. Absolute uh, absolute <laughs> sponge. So yeah, how are we all? Um, yeah, I think just to start, are we, are we all going to? How are we all spending Christmas, lads? Well, um, who wants to go first? Do you want like to go first, Daniel, or I go? First? I think I think it's wise that you go first and you let me gather my thoughts because um, <laughs> I'm a little bit uh, worse for wear, dear listeners. Uh, you just get a head I melted well. I do, I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a, I, I'm I kind of have to flip between the families. So, um, my routine is Christmas Eve and Boxing Day. I spend with my in-laws because we don't see them on Christmas Day. So. And they always get his um, uh, sausage rolls that Albion Rovers used to use, uh, sell. They are the greatest sausage rolls of all time, Christie's the Baker's. And every year for Christmas dinner, I always get Christie's the Baker's sausage rolls, big, huge things. So we do that on Christmas Eve and Boxing Day. Um, and on Christmas Day, um, I go, first of all, I go see my, my mother's side of the family. And then go see my dad's side of the family afterwards, so... Um, I should get two Christmas dinners, but uh, full disclosure, I fucking hate Christmas dinner. And it makes me feel ill. <laughs> oh wow! So sausage rolls all the time uh, for me. I hope uh, you have placed the sausage roll in in your manger scene, as is traditional in the UK. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah as is as is the style. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not saying that Christmas sausage rolls are the messiah, but um, <laughs> they are. <laughs> Ooh, we gotta save. <laughs> 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 
Oh, I don't see H. Great, great, great stuff. Um, yes. uh, I, I myself am uh, I'm home from like the 22nd till the uh, 1st of uh, January. Um, new New Year for me is going to be because um, I yeah I I feel much the same way about New Year's Eve as uh, you do about uh, Christmas dinner, David. And uh, some of my favourite New Year's Eve has just been like uh, me and Sarah sitting up together watching Batman Returns, which is what we did a few uh, a few years ago, and. Uh, uh, basically, it's just going to be me and a couple of mates from school come around, play a bit of FIFA. Um, we're my, my parents and I, uh, and I are basically of the opinion that the fewer people you have around for Christmas Day, the better. So it's yeah, basically just sure. us and uh, my, my grandparents. And um, I don't think we have any uh, firm plans apart from uh, play a lot of chess. I'm getting a I'm getting a PS4 for uh, Christmas, so I don't think anyone's going to actually see me uh, after like 9 a.m. on the 25th. Um, also, my dad and I are reviving an old uh, Christmas tradition we used to do, which was to go and see um, our local football team, Grantham Town, play. So on the 23rd oh. of December, we're going to go and see um, Grantham Town versus Ashton United in the uh, Evo Stick uh, Northern Premier League. Um, Amazing. What, th- what is an Evo Stick? It's a, it's a glue. It's a, a yeah. It's a glue company. Oh right. That's yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it is made out of like refined horses. But um, oh. I'm not saying oh. it isn't allegedly. Um, yeah. So basically, you know what is fivers? Yeah. I was going to say about New Year's Eve um, in Scotland. The, the, it's a bit different in that on BBC One every year. They, they they pull out all the stops on the TV. So at Hogmanay, every I never go out on New Year's Eve. I, I don't like it. I stay in and watch BBC One every year. So um, Jackie Bird like has literally chimed in every New Year for me for about the last 25 years. <laughs> and then there's a... There, um, there's a, a... Well, actually, I'll come to that later because that's quite relevant for Mr. Christmas. It's uh, mm. coming later. But that um, Yeah, they, they show... They show uh, still game and tune the fat. Nice. Uh, usually every year, uh, and as well as that, they have only an excuse. Oh yeah. And that's my yeah. with New Year's, uh, even though it is usually very terrible. Um, it's just like a it's just a comedy show about Scottish football. It's like a year in review of Scottish football. Oh, that, And it's always it's always some laugh, even though it's like everyone's like, oh, it's shite. It used to be good in, in the olden days, but. It's still good. They still hit. They still hit some good. It's just uh, just as level. It's still good. Um, yeah. I mean, the the reason my dad and I stopped this um uh Christmas tradition is one uh year we went to the uh, non-league football on Boxing Day, and the problem like Grantham Town Stadium is so nice for where they are in the league pyramid. It's got a bigger capacity than the stadium of. Uh, Burton Albion, who are in the championship. The problem is no one wants to go because a they're a crap team and um, b it's uh, it's on a hill and there's like no buildings like for miles around, so it's more exposed to the elements than Marie Curie. Um, so uh, <laughs> when we went there on uh, uh, one Boxing Day, I was literally the coldest I've ever been in my life, and so we never like that. Was, I think that was the last time we went to see Grantham Town, but we're gonna sort of revive that this year. So hopefully it'll be a good it's time. It's what's commonly known in Scotland as Clyde Syndrome. <laughs> um, if you've ever went to see Clyde play, you I, I mean like um, Scott of the Antarctic went to see Clyde play and left at half time because it was too nippy. <laughs> um, did did I'm, you I'm, did did soccer did did. Did Socrates not once play for Grantham Town? It was a uh, Garforth Town. Now Garforth oh. is where I actually was a uh, a secondary school teacher for about a month until I 
wanted to blow my brains out rather than face the cunts for a, a moment longer. Uh, but yeah, he did actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, tell he me did actually it. play one um, one game for uh, Garforth Town. He came on like twenty minutes to go, and everyone was like, "Give it to Socrates." He was like fifty years old, and he'd smoke like yeah. forty fags a day, even when he was captaining Brazil. And the first thing he did, he pinged a twenty-five yard screamer against the bar. <laughs> the, the the other thing over That's Christmas so is that good. it's become tradition that like my grandparents who like a drink and they've been like very enthusiastic ever since I turned eighteen for me to also like a drink. The problem is that I don't <laughs> particularly enjoy alcohol. But we went out for a meal uh, last year at a Greek restaurant. They gave us some shots of something just complimentary, and I got a, uh, a shot of limoncello. And I like lemon flavored things. I had it just to be polite. And because my grandparents saw that, they decided to buy me a big thing of it for Christmas. And they had this genuine. Oh no. Th- they, yeah, they had this not, genuine they, they, exchange, they yeah. They had this genuine exchange between them in B and M bargains, where they uh, bought it. And my, my, nan, my nan said, "Oh, let's buy George some limoncello for Christmas." And my granddad says, <laughs> "He won't want that." And my nan said, "I don't care. He's having it." <laughs> <laughs> it's I, basically trying to make you a waste man. Yeah, it's actually quite <laughs> nice. I've I've got the drinks in today actually because I understand you two guys uh, had uh, had nice nights uh, uh, last night. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, like. Uh, David went to his office party and I went to see um, Rio Vallecano play and they won in the 88th minute. So I um, I had a few celebratory sherbets afterwards, I'll, I'll not lie. <laughs> Little uh, just a few scoops, just a few scoops. You know, nothing drastic, nothing drastic. Just a wee dod. Just a, few, just just a little dod. Just a few kens. That was all it was. Just a few kens. <laughs> And I was, you know, I was, I was all right. But yeah, I'm, I'm officially. This is the second podcast, dear listeners, to paint you a picture. Um, that I am recording in bed. Um, it is, uh, and I think you'll both agree, it is an intensely erotic scene. Um, <laughs> especially when he's eating. Yep, yeah, yeah. Especially so, when I'm eating my baguette with his gherkins. So, um, so, but basically, gherkins, not gherkins. Before Joanna Lovely starts tweeting us, or or, uh, or, or merkins um, for fat fans of pubic wigs. <laughs> So uh, yes, yes, yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. So I'm basically getting the drinks in in solidarity with these two guys who are like hanging out their ass to various degrees. So I've got a nice bottle of um, yeah. 2015 Reserve de la Sorine, which is a very like appley wine. And if that runs out, I've got a bottle of uh, Sainsbury's Basics red wine, uh, which comes in a plastic <laughs> bottle, which um, Sarah um, insisted that we get for this uh, Gordon Ramsay beef casserole. Uh, dish that i was making huh? on the grounds huh? that wine is quite exp- huh? <laughs> wine is quite expensive and like i don't think they use scenes with basic red wine for sauces in clarities <laughs> that's uh, all i'm saying she also like refused to well, help me you... make the uh, the dish because i was just gonna go around saying you can't run a business like this she was right to it <laughs> come on big boy come on big boy hey, shut the place down it's raw. yeah yeah, yeah. 86 cents. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm. If you, if you hear me slurring my words a little bit um, towards the end of the podcast, I'm now giving myself an it's out. Because Gordon Ramsay's uh, he, entered his he, house. He's, he's driven, he's driven um, me to and Jeff, holding him to ransom. Jeff Jarrett lookalike. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Sable's house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. So um, yeah, um, cheers. It is Christmas after all, or at least it will be by the time it you listen to this. We're yeah. like fucking Jules Holland's Hootenanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like recorded in mid-November, and you have to pretend oh, like no, it's never Christmas. Never the Hootenanny, Mark. Never the, never the Hootenanny. So uh, what about you, da- what about you, Daniel? What are you doing for Christmas? Yeah. So um, for Christmas, um, I am. It's a little bit more complicated than it usually is because I don't live in England anymore. So I have to come back to England, which is always a shame. Yes. Always a deeply dispiriting um, <laughs> thing to have to <laughs> to have to contend with. 
Like, um, I can't just pretend I'm Spanish anymore. No, I, I have to go home and confront my um, my, my, my ancestry. Uh, but luckily, there's not too much of that occurring over Christmas because um, my family is basically just me, me mum and me dad. Um, and um, we've got, there's other family members, but they're not fucking coming around. <laughs> uh, so it's just going to be... So it's just going to be us three um, and me dad, um, who um, has had a heart attack already, but will no doubt still, because it's Christmas, it's fine. You can get a free one. Um, uh, a free pass that is not a free heart. Like, um, he's, um, he's going to be um, probably drinking from about 10.30 or 11 in the morning, as is traditional, while he cooks the dinner, um, which seems to take him eight or nine hours every year. And it's essentially, and I don't care what anyone says, a Christmas dinner is essentially a roast. <laughs> it okay. is. A roast, a roast <laughs> takes, at best, uh, maybe uh, 45 minutes of preparation when I do it normally. Okay? Like, um, so it should, but it, it's just it's just an excuse for dads to just drink, isn't it? Like, you know? Like, it, really, it really is your father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but no, it's going to be nice. I'm looking forward to it. The only thing I'm worried about is that um, it's very cold um, at the moment in Madrid, but that's all relative. Um, and there's no clouds in the sky or rain or snow, and it's just a blue sky and sun, but it is cold, right? So when I get back to the UK, I oh. I'm gonna be fucking dead. Like so, I'm a bit terrified <laughs> of that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, stepping off the plane for the first time. Um, so yeah, but no, that that's a, that that's a, that that's that's all we have planned. It's a very it's usually a very um kind of a laid back um uh, Christmas. We will, I'm sure, at some point, uh, flick through the channels, uh, probably watch the Welcome Wise Christmas special. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Channel Five have literally had the same fucking schedule every day for yes. Christmas. Yeah. For and also, it's like they've been years. playing well, Christmas yeah, films it, since November, and like not even the the end of November, the start of November, not even good ones. And yeah, it's not even like it's a Wonderful Life, in which you know, and then you're like, oh, okay, fair enough, it's, it's a classic. Wonderful Life, that's yeah. great. But you know, yeah, it'll be fucking like, um, what's a really bad Christmas film? Santa with muscles. Yes, Santa with muscles. Santa yes, Claus the Santa movie. With muscles. Yeah, so it'll, yeah, it'll be all that shit. Oh, I tell you what though, I tell you what I'm looking forward to that I look forward to every year. So speaking of film related stuff, getting after It's a Wonderful Life. Guess my second favorite Christmas. Is it movie. Die Hard? No, it's not. But I do like that a lot, um, and I do believe it I probably should. Yeah, exactly. But it's um, no, it's um, it's the Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had something else. Like, speaking of diehards, uh, my favourite Christmas tradition every year is me and my wife go see Die Hard at the GFT every single year. They're showing Lethal Weapon this year instead. Oh. And I went up. Hey, it's still good though. Well, this is the <laughs> thing. Like, I've no, I'm no problems with Lethal Weapon. It's done, not, you know, it's not done no harm to me in the past. Like, you know, we, we can get along fine. Just, just not on that day. Um, like, because <laughs> yeah. it's at the Friday before Christmas every year. And I went and um, I went to I went to the GFT yesterday as I was buying hastily buying shoes on the way back from the festival game. Uh, I ran past the GFT and um, I went in and says, "Are you showing Die Hard this year?" And the guy at the, the guy in the box office went, "Astoundingly, no, the showing lethal weapon instead." And I was like, and I just put my arms out and he went, "I know, I, I've had words like I, I've I've raised the concerns." <laughs> But no, lethal weapon. Uh, I was like, that's pish. Is it yes? Yeah, yes, it is. It is. It is rotten. Um. So, I know a friend who runs a film night, 
And I think I'm going to get him to put on Die Hard just so we can keep the streak going. Just because, like, genuinely, I enjoy it more than going to see my family. And I, and I, <laughs> I see my family. <laughs> I don't I don't to go to see GFT, G, going to see Die Hard at GFT or seeing my family. I mean, sorry, sorry yeah. Dad. Yeah, so no, right. I had to, uh, yeah. I had to explain uh, to an uh, Indian friend of mine who was over doing a PhD um, about, because I was asking her, like, you know, in my ignorance, like, do people really do Christmas that much in uh, in India, like Christianity being like a you know, pretty minority religion there? And she said, yeah, my family does. Um, we have a tree, we give presents. It's not really a religious thing there. I was, I was like, it's not really a religious thing here for people to tell you the truth. But, like, uh, it's nice to sort of... Uh, See your friend and your family, and uh, watch all the same films on uh, TV, all the same movies like uh, uh, The Great Escape and The Sound of Music. And she was like, "Those aren't Christmas films. Why are they always on over Christmas?" And I was like, "Shit, I don't know. No, no one's ever, ever asked me that." If I was you, like, "Yeah, because another if one, you see that Moonraker is not a Christmas film." I was saying about uh, Sound of Music and uh, The Great Escape. Like the British public just love films about Nazis at the uh, festive season. They fucking love it. <laughs> which, a couple of years There's... ago, we were watching Escape to Victory. Uh, on Christmas Day. Ah, yes. And then um, yes. my, my, um, my sister turned to me and goes, is this based on a true story? And I went, yes, Pelly and Sylvester Stallone were interned in a prisoner of war camp. <laughs> to play a game of football to get out. This is entirely hey, true. Hey. Also, also featuring city legend Mike Somerville. And uh, John John Walk as well. And half of, half of Bobby Robson's Ipswich team as, as well. Like um, that's right. Yeah. yeah. See the, the Nazis were they were they German footballers or were they just actors? I uh, I hope I don't no, know. No, actually, no, they were actual they were actual Nazis. Actual neo Nazis <laughs> from the uh, from fucking yeah. Pegida or whatever it was back then. <laughs> um, yeah. No, back back then, back then it wasn't called Pegida. It was just called Uruguay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. So now that uh, uh, now we've finished uh, sort of saying how we're going to do the Christmas. Uh, what we're basically going to do in this episode, just to give you a rundown, it's not going to be a purpuri podcast episode in the traditional sense. Insofar as we have a traditional sense, what it's going to be is a series of sort of segments. Uh, that we're going to do basically just for a little bit of uh, casual fun surrounding the festive season. It's a bit of yeah, fun. Yeah, so we're going to have it's like um, Christmas quizzes, some uh, Christmas themed uh, wrestling, uh, yeah, you know, little contests, uh, little segments, stuff like that. And uh, just stuff about like uh, Christmas wishes for the next year, things to really get you in the, the festive mood wrestling wise. So, uh, David, first of all, has uh, prepared a, uh, a little QA. Uh, for us. So, um, uh, David, would you like to uh, kick us off with that? Yeah, so what I decided that we would do is um, obviously we kind of chat shit all the time on this podcast and kind of give you give you little snippets of our of our lives um, where we live in our ivory towers um, when we record this podcast. <laughs> har- harrowing, harrowing insights. Harrowing <laughs> working class lives. Yes, I mean, I, I am, I am fucking descended from salt of the earth stock, as you can, as you can hear. From uh, yeah, voice. I mean, like, there, there's nobody more working class than George. Even my uh, butler says so. So I decided what we'd do is to, like, basically give you a bit more, more of an insight into us as people. I've got a couple of questions, the Q and A that we're going to answer, awesome. just give you a bit of insight. And basically give me an excuse to reel off lots of non-wrestling anecdotes. To be honest. <laughs> um, so, um, yes, so we'll start off with question one. Everyone has scored a world day in their lives. What is the greatest goal you have ever scored? Oh. oh. I, rem- I, rem- I remember it like it was yesterday. Go on, then. So, okay. Like it was yesterday, right? Okay, this, this, this goal, 
to be fair, the goal, the goal, I, right, I, just so as you, you get an idea, listeners, of this, I remember perfectly with, with photographic memory every single goal I ever scored when I was playing football because I was, um, I was a striker, okay? Um, and I was, um, put it this way, I was a English striker growing up in the uh, 1990s. Um, at one point, I think, 26 years ago, I may have seen um, my own half um, in a match. Uh, but for the most part, I would um, hang around on the touchline. We had this big centre-back called Jack. It was a big unit of a lad. He was fucking terrible at football, but he could hoof it like nobody's business. And he just used to he used to, he used to win the ball, and I'd just I'd, the call would go up. A Shearer-esque call would go up, and he'd just hoof it. Um, and then I'd basically rely on my shoulder uh, and um, um, my my well, yeah, my, my educated feet. Uh, <laughs> to, Van Damme. Uh, to do the rest. But yeah, yeah. But without question, the best one I ever um, scored was against. This is brilliant. This right. There was a team in the Manche- in the Manchester Metro League under 17s by the name of Reddish Vulcans. <laughs> right. No joke. Real, real, real talk. Right. Reddish Vulcans. Um, and Reddish Vulcans used to turn up. Um, Every, it was like just a little, like you know, Sunday league, like for for teenagers and that. But they would turn up every week in like a really swish like a uh, bus whenever they played, um, and they they all had like training gear with like logos on the back and stuff. Like looked like it was made by Umbro and stuff. And it was like God, they're like a professional. We'd all just get lifts back from like, our dads and turn up, like and get changed in the car and that, and you know, for your boots and stuff. Um, and then it actually turned out a few weeks later uh, when we went to play them, um, they had none of that, and they all just turned up in the back of a van. And it turned out that the treasurer of the club had been done for fiddling the accounts. I'm glad you said um, accounts. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, allegedly. <laughs> but no, but I, I, but no, it was in the Manchester Evening News. He actually went to prison. Um, but, but, allegedly. Um, for something else, I think. Actually, yeah, for something else, I think. But um, yeah, but the goal, British Vulcans were our nearest rivals in the table, right? And we were vying for promotion from like the bottom division. Um, and we had to beat them that day. And the last goal that I scored was a Sukaresque chip um, that caught the uh, the goalkeeper off his line. It might be embellishing this slightly. Um, and um, it was it was made even better because um, I had, that was my fifth goal of the game, uh, and it was in the last minute. And I and it, it, I think that it was like seven six to us or something. Amazing. Um, and uh, there was what I can only describe afterwards as a melee, uh, a melee ensued um, as um, angry parents from Reddish Vulcans stormed the pitch in their fucking shiny brand new Asics tracksuits um, to to give us to give me a piece of their mind. And one of them actually started calling me a wanker. And I was like, "What? I literally just—it's football. You're meant to score more goals than the other team. What do you want me to do?" You Basically, you didn't realise you were playing for Galatasaray against Fenerbahce. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to hell. Yeah, and then and then, and then Graham Sooners ran on uh, with a with a corner with a flag and planted it in the middle of the pitch, and it all got a bit spicy. But no, that was the best goal I ever scored. It was a chip from uh, outside the box. Well, um, as far game. as as far as I go, like okay, so. Uh, I generally play. I played a bit of six aside in my time. I'm a, a goalkeeper though because I'm horrendously unfit and I don't understand positioning. So um, yeah. the best I 
The best I can do. So, all, all, all the qualities a goalkeeper needs in the modern game. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, positioning outfield, positioning my goal. Like, I know to stand in the centre, but if they're, if the ball's on the left, I stand on the left, cover my near post, all that shit. So I don't necessarily have much in the way of... Uh, I wasn't great saves under my belt, but not necessarily great goals. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you a story which I uh, sent in to uh, quickly Kevin Will He Score, and which they uh, did not print, probably because it's quite mundane compared to a lot of the uh, things. But this is my meeting with a 90s footballer. Uh, my entry in that uh, pantheon of uh, anecdotes. To be fair, uh, they didn't uh, read out my entry either, so... Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, fuck them. They're, they're off the Christmas card list. Um, yeah. So basically, this is this is what I wrote uh, to, to them, and I shall uh, do it to you um, verbatim because it uh, describes a goal I scored. So it says, I grew up in one of England's many decaying market towns in which there was little to do for fun aside from throw bread to the ducks at the park and wait for the warm release of the grave. So imagine my excitement when, as an eight-year-old boy who had just got into football during France 98 and followed its every detail with the zeal of the recent converts, I learned that none other than Julian Jurchin was doing a soccer skills afternoon at the local, le- local leisure centre. <laughs> this was Man United's famous treble season, but people forget that Aston Villa spent a large part of the first half of the season at the top of the table, thanks in large part to an excellent strike partnership of yes. Jurchin and Dion the Jube Master Dublin. They were both players I admired greatly, so meeting one of them was a great thrill. Jurchin was excellent with all his kids, letting everyone have a going goal at facing a penalty from him. I expertly saved his spot kick, and it never occurred to me that maybe a player who ended that season with 14 Premier League goals was taking it easy on us. <laughs> he also let us shoot penalties at him in goal, and I bested him on that occasion too. Though as he wasn't a goalkeeper, this was rather like a cricketer gloating about taking the wicket of Tim Henman. We got to have a chat to Jurchin afterwards. Villa had just had a scare in the UEFA Cup, coming back from 2-0 down at home to Norwegian part-timer Stroms Godset. Although Villa won 3-2, one incident in particular made a big impression on my young mind, and so it was that my question to Julian Jurchin wasn't about his own life and times, but how on earth Alan Thompson had contrived to miss a penalty against some amateurs. He laughed it off, but I just would not let it go. It was all I wanted to talk about, and I brought it up four or five times. So, eventually, to placate me, he said something along the lines of, yeah, Alan isn't very good at them, is he? Maybe we'll get someone else to take the next one. Alan Thompson didn't take a penalty again all season, and I grew up believing that I had in some way influenced John Gregory's selection policy, that I was passed over in favour of Graham Taylor when Gregory got the sack still smarts. So, yeah, that's my that's my anecdote <laughs> about meeting a 90s footballer oh, slash scoring a goal past one of them. Just for the calibre of the player I scored it past, that's my best. Didn't, um, didn't, speaking of John Gregory, there's a day, there's a blast from the past. Did, wasn't he last time managing, like, Maccabee Haifa or some, something weird? He was managing in Israel. He's been around, he is on the international sort of leg of the managerial merry-go-round. It's like, uh, Steve Keane, former Blackburn Rovers manager, rocking up managing the Brunei national oh, team. In there was actually a... Someone wants bought. Is that what he's yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. Someone what? Uh, I remember. I think it was Night of Champions 2013. Someone bought a keen outside to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So uh, uh, yeah, D- David, I want to hear about these two uh, worldies you've scored, Mister Lardy Dar. They're literally probably the only goals I've scored in my life, but they Mr. are the fucking both... Pushkas Award contender. Yes, yeah, both Pushkas Awards contenders, and I'm quite happy with that. So the first one, you need to set the scene. I mean, we were talking about Reddish Falcons and Galatasaray and Fenerbahce, but being you know, heated rivalries and things like that. I've got a fucking rivalry for you. In my primary school, I went to one of very few primary schools that had a Gaelic unit. So they taught Gaelic. And it's probably one of about two oh, yeah, schools yeah. in the whole of, like, the sort of greater Glasgow area and Dumbarton and Lanarkshire and stuff like that that, that, that um, did, uh, did Gaelic. 
And um, so we had an English unit and a Gaelic unit. The Gaelic unit would have like one day as Gaelic, second day English, and then kind of rotate between them. But they were not in the same classes as us. They were kind of penned off in this little ghetto at the school. It was just like this section, <laughs> the Gaelic section, with like all the things on the walls were in Gaelic and stuff like that. And there wasn't really much interaction between us. We kind of come together for like school assemblies and stuff like that. But a divide started to grow. Now, to be fair, the Gaelic unit had maybe at most about 30 people in all seven years. Like, it, it, like, it was really, really sporadic because it was all like people who came down from like Sky and Stornoway and stuff like that who they, they kind of they wanted their kids to learn Gaelic because they were from like, the Highlands and stuff like that. And then they, we had this rivalry and used to play them at football. It was English unit versus the Gaelic unit, or the Gaelic unit as we used to call it. Um, <laughs> Very mature. <laughs> so, so, so G unit then. G, G unit, G unit, yeah, G unit. Yeah, we used to play the Gaelic unit. I mean, it got. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It, it got violent at times. Uh, there, there was fights. I remember the one day they cut the grass, and we knew that lots of people on both sides had hay fever. So we all just started throwing grass at each other. And <laughs> each other oh, that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very Mister Fuji. That. Yeah. But it, it is. One, one day uh, we played them at football, and I I'm I'm more of a defender, right? I'm a, I'm an annoying bastard that just stops you from getting the ball. I don't necessarily need to ever kick the ball. I just need to stop you from kicking it. But on that day, it got passed to me, and I skinned every single player in the Gaelic unit team. I'm talking like Maradona against England, as in like every single player, just uh, like Greg McGeever, Kenny. All gone, all gone. Uh, <laughs> These luminaries of football. Yes. Yeah. Um, we tam. <laughs> exactly. Cal McLennan, he was done as well. All gone. Um, Cal McLennan. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know how I did. I like to this day. This was uh, probably about primary four, so I would have been what about nine, and I'm 28 now, and I can still remember it clear as day now when I skinned every single one of them and put it in bottom corner. It, it, honestly, it was it was unbelievable. That like the only piece of skill I've ever shown in a football pitch. But my second one, my second goal was I used to play fives with uh, the runner of the Damnation Festival uh, that I go to in Leeds. I used to play fi- uh, sevens, uh, fives and sevens with him and various other people. I remember one time uh, there was like a big melee, a big stramash where people got all. All, no, we're all in our half of the pitch, and I was kept, I was out of position. I was like half on pretty much just before the halfway line, and um, I, the ball came to me, and it was no defenders between me and the goal, and I, t- I took a run. I thought I'll, I'll take a run. I'm not going to try and chip it. And the keeper came out, and I'm not joking. From about thirty yards out, he clotheslined me. <laughs> he clotheslined me, knocked me down. But when I went down, my foot hit the ball. And kicked it and chipped it for the 30 yards, so I hit it. And he went, right, I stopped the ball and turned around and went, oh no, and started to run as this 30 yards that <laughs> I'd accidentally hit the ball. And he, and to be fair, he nearly ran back and caught it. He nearly got back and caught it, but it was all gone. And like, I was down in the deck, <laughs> just like winded, because it was like a proper. It was at like the pounds, remember Monty Brown's The Pounds? It was like that, right? <laughs> 
and you were I, taken down to the Serengeti. Yeah. Did you have to get treatment from the uh, the magic sponge? The magic, yes, the infamous magic sponge. Uh, it was either that or the that spray sp- they use in New Japan from time to time on wounds. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I, I picked, I picked myself up, dusted, it, dusted me off, and everyone, even though they knew it was a complete fluke accident, came up to me, shook my hand, go. Fantastic goal, David. <laughs> Personally, I think you you know selling the lariat by peers. scoring was uh, exposing the business. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, deathbed memories. Deathbed memories. <laughs> I'll so, never uh, forget that. Um, I see. It tells you how long ago it was that I said that it was. It would be part of a one of my highlight reel on ESPN Classic. If you all remember <laughs> that old channel. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're going to question two then. Nice. It's yeah, going to yeah, probably yeah. going to be quite a short one. Have you ever seen a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, once. <laughs> well, who wants to go first? Uh, George, um, have you yeah. seen a ghost? Uh, have I seen a ghost? Um, I have not seen a ghost or the band ghost in my life. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you. I have seen the band ghost. It's like going to mass. It's great. Uh, okay, so I've. I, I I've I've seen two ghosts. Right. Um, I've seen the film Ghost, <laughs> um, and I've also seen um, Derek Akora. Does that count? Does Derek Akora count as a ghost? He's more what? of a ghoul than a ghost, I think. Yes, he, he is. <laughs> hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Did, did, hang on a minute. Is, are, are we speaking in the right tense about? Is he dead, Derek Akora? I hope so. No, I don't I, think I he mean, is. <laughs> I mean, like morally, yes. I mean, I, yeah, but I, I, I think he, I think he died. I'm gonna. Have no, to no, 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 no. No, I, I don't know. Um, if only there was some way of contacting him. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's... Oh no, no, no! He's still alive. He's still uh... going. Oh, it's a shame. The oh, only well. reason I bring this up is that, full disclosure, I have not seen a ghost. I've been in the presence of a ghost, but my wife has seen a ghost. Okay. Right? So. It, like this, this isn't a joke or anything like that, and I, I'm still confused by this. But essentially, what happened is that when when my wife's granddad died, he was in the hospital. He had a fall, and like he gave us a phone call saying, you know, it, it's time to come. Got he got the last rites and everything when we were there. It was a very very harrowing situation and things like that. But once you got the last rites, you were just kind of waiting, you know, like it was just there waiting, you know, yeah. a couple hours. So they said to us like, just go home. If anything happens, I'll let you know. No bother, that's fine. So we went home. Me and my wife went home and we stayed in the house ourselves. Uh, it was her mum and dad. I think they stayed with them. And um, we went to bed, went to sleep. And my wife woke up at 4am. Like, she was on an alarm clock next to it. It was 4am. And she woke up and seen her granddad's in front of her. Like, seen, seen him there. Um, and she's like, David, what the fuck is happening? And I'm like, fuck off, there's no one, I'm asleep. Uh, <laughs> I was just dead. I was just completely dead. I was like, no, no, no. And she seen him and then went away. And that was it. He only seen him for like a minute or two. And then like the next day, they phoned and says, yeah, he died at 4 a.m. And I was like, what the fuck? So basically, as he died, <laughs> he, paid, he popped in for the wee visit just before he went and, saw, and went to see uh, my wife. It, it's spooky shit. I don't know. I can't explain it. I don't do, know. do you feel regretful that, like, you, you like, because you were so insensible, you passed up the chance to see an actual ghost? I, I mean, yeah. I mean, a part of me, like, you know, a part of me is, like, I wish I'd seen it. But part of me yeah. is also, like, 
if I'd been awake at the same time, I'd have probably went, it's not a ghost, you're just you're just imagining it. Or yeah, it was quite like, a, you know, a, yeah. a, a private moment between uh, so, someone and her, yeah, uh, her and grandfather. Like, they don't want they don't want you you involved, sort of being a fucking uh, cuckoo in the spectral nest. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I mean, well, the thing least, is, is that me, least... me and her granddads didn't really speak ever. I mean, I was like 17 year old trying to get in, fired into his granddaughter. I don't think he had too much time for me, but, um, <laughs> you know... <I> think... <laughs> But I mean, like, we weren't enemies or anything like we kind of, you know, we kind of Imagine if, like, your biggest enemy is just this, is like a pensioner and you're like 17. It's like such you know, unfair, an, an imbalance in terms of, like, you know. So, yeah, I mean, like, I was, I don't want to be the guys at right, and then just, like, you know, letting them have a tender moment, just kind of looking away, reading the paper or something like that. But. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just, I, but I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit annoyed that I didn't get to see a ghost. Like I, I had the chance, I was there and was fucking asleep. Like it's like it's like when I went to see, I, I went to the, went for a piss and Adi Aziz scored against Celtic. I mean, I'll never see it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, that's. But, but uh, uh, on the on the plus side, um, at least um, 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 her, her granddad decided to appear. And, and make one last visit before you know. It obviously, means that uh, she must have meant a lot uh, to exactly, to him. Yeah. And it also and it also is nice because I think I'm pretty convinced that if, if my granddad did the same thing, he'd just end up in the fucking bookies. So, <laughs> um, God rest his soul. Uh, both of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like just yeah, I, I think I, I think I'd be like fifth, fifth or sixth, seventh, eighth on the list. You know, like local chippy for a chippy tea. Um, pub, bookies. Um, I, I, I can't say that if I had grandchildren, I would turn up and see them when I died. Um, to be perfectly no. honest, yeah, I'd, I'd no. probably end up going somewhere, somewhere really haunting and desperate, like for hell. Um, <laughs> hey. Hey, there you go. But yeah, so I, I, that's that's question two. I've got a couple more. Um, so I mean, this is going to be an hour and a half on its own. Um, <laughs> If you could travel back in time to three places, where would you go? Oh, that's good. Because okay. I know mine. I, I know my three. I've, I've thought about this quite a bit. Um, it don't have to be wrestling. You can have an extra wrestling one if you want. Okay, okay. Boards um, for a wrestling podcast, you know. But yeah, if you could travel back in time to three places, where would you go? Because I, I have an answer. If you want, I can give you an example of where I would go. And okay, then... go, go. I'll, I'll, I'll think while you... So, yeah. um, the... I, I, the, the unwritten thing I've always said to my wife, and this is when you can tell when a couple that truly loves each other, right, is that I've always said that if I could travel back in time, the first place I would go to would be uh, probably about 2012 um, to a Lidl. Now, the reason I say this <laughs> is that my wife really liked the ravioli out of Lidl, right? Uh, it was beef ravioli. I say it was beef. It was horse ravioli. That's what it was, right? <laughs> it, 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 was hor- it was horse meat that was in it, right? And she loved it. It was it was the, be- it was the best like ravioli she'd ever tasted in her life. She used to get it all the time. So I've always said if I could travel back in time, the first place I would go would be Lidl in 2012, and I would stock up on as many cans of ra- horse ravioli as I could, just so that when I go back, she can have those cans because I know what it would be like if I couldn't get a food that I really loved, um, and yeah, I would go back and get a horse ravioli from the middle. So that's 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 couple goals right there. Uh, would you travel back in time to get a seventy nine pence can of ravioli for your wife? Yeah. 
Um, the other two places. Uh, that's, oh. that's at least vaguely romantic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. I am a sucker for romance, and she's a sucker you know. for horse ravioli. So, so. Fact, when, we went, when, when we went to Amsterdam um, in October, we actually went into Riddle to check because they're not as fussy over there as we are, <laughs> just in case they still had the ravioli, but they didn't, sadly. You know, it's PC Aww. gone mad. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, because it, it conveniently disappeared during the horse meat scandal. Basically, if you don't know, if you're not from the UK, there was a big scandal where it turned out that a lot of the meat that was being sold in British supermarkets and restaurants and stuff like that was from horses and not cows. And there was a big uproar about this because they were unhappy about the fact that they weren't told. Whereas other countries, you know, they do eat horse meat. It's a generally acceptable thing. And this disappeared around about that time. And we kind of had our suspicions. And then like nine months later, we were discussing it and looked it up. And went, yeah, they'd, they've taken it off the market because of that. Maybe you could do like a kind of trans-historical tour of British meat-related controversies. And you could maybe <laughs> go back a little bit. You could go, go back further maybe into the 90s for a bit of BSE. Well, I, I do have a BSE anecdote that is very, very oh, funny. Oh, God. Uh, it was for another another question later. BSE. 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 Um, I'll come to it later because I have another question related in a way to it. Um, <laughs> the other two places are, of course, the 1971 Scottish League Cup final, where Patrick Fussell, who, quote, Obviously. had no chance, beat Celtic 4-1 to win the League Cup. Nice. Um, that's that would be the other place. And Rick Wakeman on ice. Uh, oh, yes. the, 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 the um, the, the, the King Arthur and the um, yes. King Arthur and the Round Table um on, right. ice. on ice. If, if I could go to any gig, it would be Rick Wakeman on ice because genuinely, I I would adore it so much. Like as as an experimental performer, my dream is one day to do a show on ice. That that like, in the, in the thirteenth note, just have like an a small ice rink. For like, It'd be wonderful. It would be wonderful, but yeah, Rick Wakeman on Wembley Arena. You could have Torval Dean. Yes, Torval and Dean, exactly. Like, <laughs> you, can't, you can't underestimate how much I absolutely loved Rick Wakeman on ice and would give anything to go see it. It is the greatest concert of all time because <laughs> it's well, such can I, can a shit show. Can, can we please give Rick Wakeman his full title that my dad gives him whenever he comes on the screen, which is City Fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've just, Rick Wakeman on it. I've just, uh, I've just thought of, uh, I've just thought of three uh, for myself. Um, like, um, so uh, my first one is I want to go back in time to like the 1920s and secretly slip a condom the thickness of the blast doors at Fort Knox over the cock of Margaret Thatcher's dad. <laughs> so that's my first one. Now I could do two more along those lines. Honestly, you just want so... you just want to touch his deck. That's what it is. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like there were so many um, people in like politics and culture that I would rather had never been born. Like fucking, you know, Trump, obviously, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, you know, uh, people. Stop going on about Benjamin Netanyahu, George. You're never yeah. going to meet him. <laughs> uh, Peter Hitchens. You know, you know, people like that. So I'm not going to fill it up with that so uh my second one would be i mean you talk about rick wakeman on ice i would have loved to have seen that uh final uh queen uh wembley arena gig uh wembley yeah. stadium sorry yeah, yeah like because yeah. like i mean that, that's one of the things my mum says like she never saw queen live and so what i could do is i could like report back 
for I, I don't know like whether you can like have people tag along like when you operate in Harry Potter with this uh, time travel thing. So I report back to my mum about what it was like to see Queen at Wembley Stadium. Get Stadiums. your camera phone out. Get my camera phone out and, and be arrested as a witch. <laughs> well, of course, the other the other one we would all do is we would go back to about four years ago and put a coupon on to for Leicester to win the Premier League two seasons ago. Yes. Oh yes, obviously. Yeah, you clearly yeah, yeah, did yeah, that. Yeah. I've actually got a mate who uh, was going to put a fiver on Jeremy Corbyn to become leader of the Labour Party when he was 200 to 1 and didn't. You know, is it Mark Selby's dad? Mark Selby's dad once put on a bet when he was 16 that he would become world snooker champion in the next 10 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he there's, did. There's, he became snooker world champion. There's being proud of your kids, and then there's uh, fucking hell, fair, fair play. Like, um, I mean, he, he got a shit ton of money for it. So my uh, my my yeah. third one would be I would go back to the weekend uh, Sarah and I first like uh, you know started going out, or like we decided to start dating each other after that weekend because we'd had such a lovely time. And, uh, is, that because it's, is that because it's been all downhill since, George? Uh, well, basically, yes. <laughs> realise we would be a, we would, we would be a good couple. And what I would do is the Change like morning, the morning before she left, I would um, go back and persuade myself like George, do not put on your DVD of Stuart Lee's. If you prefer a milder comedian, please ask for one because later in your life you will find out that Sarah does not fucking like Stuart Lee one little bit. So it, it, like, it's very weird. Girlfriends and wives don't like Stuart Lee. My my wife hates him. Like with an absolute avowed passion. Cannot understand this. Uh, like so, I was like, do not like nearly torpedo your chances at a loving and fulfilling relationship by putting on your fucking weird avant-garde stand-up DVD. Like, don't do it. So that's my third. I quite I quite like Stuart Lee. I didn't used to I didn't used to like him as much as I do now. Um, but um, I used to find him a bit um, what's the word like um quite. You know that thing where it's like he's constantly deconstructing his own act, and he's basically yes. saying. He, I felt Too like he was basically said. I thought it wasn't so much that. I, I felt like he was almost saying to the audience, "You're really fucking thick, and I have to explain this to you." Um, but um, and but I think that's there is the a joke, little Daniel. bit of that. That's but yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, yes. it is, yeah. But, um, but, yeah. but I, <laughs> so I'm so I've heard. But these, <laughs> but these days, yeah. But these days, I actually think he's um, he's really good. I've kind of warmed to him a lot. I think he's really funny. Yeah. Um, okay, but, so what uh, what yeah. what are your three uh, uh, destinations for your uh, for your time travel, yeah. Daniel? So um, the first one I could I, I think of. <laughs> okay, so go with me on this. Um, hey, I, I went back to get horse ravioli. You don't really need to go. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean. Given how it ended up turning out, this will probably sound like a bizarre thing to say with the uh, benefit of hindsight. But I'd probably go back to um, Weimar Germany in the. Um, <laughs> Between the wars, because you're marrying um, a trick. Because yeah, because I think I would fit in fucking very nicely in a society that was utterly decadent, um, <laughs> completely um, um, in, in 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 moral decline, um, and um, utterly kind of um, uh, I suppose you could say like um, yeah, like sort of ethically spendthrift. Um, I, so um, I think I could imagine myself uh, maybe sitting in a in a in a, in a cabaret bar. Um, um, sort of like you know, with um, uh, rather fabulous people, um, and um, being really badly behaved, and then not noticing that down the road there's, there's, like, there's all yeah, this stuff kicking you, off. And then there'd be an election, and you still wouldn't vote, and Hitler would still get in. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Throwing some it's fucking make, shade there. Make a difference. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I could, you know, it'd be a fucking nightmare scenario. 
<laughs> oh man, that's great. Well, uh, so you, you've got two other places you would go. Well, I'll, I'll do a wrestling one as well. Okay. Right, I'll do I'll do I'll do a wrestling one. Um, I would like to go back in time and see any of the um, peak era uh, in terms of physical condition Terry Funk matches um, yes. because they basically don't exist on tape. A lot of them um, from his like real um, athletic peak. It's astonishing to think that, in my opinion, he's the greatest wrestler that ever lived, and that's just going on evidence that is completely um, you know, devoid of any um, notable stuff from that time period. Um, so I would love to be able to go and see um, him working at the uh, the peak of his powers uh, because I think he's the greatest wrestler that ever lived. So I think that would be um, that's a wrestling one for you. Curiously, so uh, um, my yeah, wrestling cre- one. Would so also creeping Nazism. Oh yeah, go. Yeah, uh, so I would go to Anita Teddy Funk in the Kawasaki Stadium. Uh, that's the ah, one I would ah, go to. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah. So I think I I do I think yeah I think those two places. Uh, yeah, I could, I could fit in. Although having said that, I think it'd probably fit in better in Weimar Germany than Amarillo, Texas, in uh, <laughs> in the seventies. Um, but you know, who who knows? Uh, the next one is uh, apart from Bill Nakano, name your celebrity crushes. You've got two. Ooh. Oh, oh, hang on, this is not fair. I, I fancy everyone. And I and I I will full disclosure. If you want, I'm happy to cut this out if it's going to be incriminating. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it might be embarrassing, but hopefully not incriminating. <laughs> oh no, more more for more for mine and George's uh, perspective. Oh, right, I see. Um, yeah. So you, 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 you're single, you can say what the fuck you want. Ah, you're you're fine. Um, as long as they're over age, I, I can say whatever I want and then cry afterwards. In the very unlikely event that you end up like copying off with a girl who is a fan of this podcast, like wait a minute, you're the guy who like confessed of your raging lob on for such and such, you know, like yeah. Um, could happen. Because I've I've got two. Uh, I've told you one of them, George. Are these? Are these? Are these? Do they, do they have to be wrestling related? No, no, no. Oh no, neither of mine are wrestling related. No, it's because right. I, I think I think I'm gonna have to. Oh. I'll, I'll let you know mine first, right? Okay. So George okay, knows okay. one of them. Um, it's Karen Brady from The Apprentice. She's such a cow, and I love it. Um, <laughs> And you know when she when she took those photos in the Birmingham strip, the Birmingham kit is nineties. Man, my heart is a oh, um, yeah. The other one is um, Anita Doff from Two Unlimited. Uh, yes, she is an yeah, absolute good, goddess. Good um, yes, so uh, Anita from Two Unlimited and Karen Brady, absolutely. Um, and oh, and Bill Nakano, that's that's um, that's quite a king of trios team. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I might have to keep this to wrestling because otherwise I'm gonna go through a uh, my 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 history. I get like cr- I get crushes quite intensely all the time on famous. Is it people. is it Yui Rosso's um, granddad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's actually the bomb he dropped on Old Trafford. Um, but, um, uh, yeah. um, so um, basically, yeah, um, I'm not gonna go back too far or anything because otherwise we'll be going all the way back to me. Um, to me, fancying um, Trump from Lady and the Tramp, um, <laughs> and, um, and um, uh, Wednesday from the Adams Family. I was young and the same, and young, I was younger than her at the time, so that's okay. Um, that's right. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'll just go with current ones, okay? So I'm gonna, I'll start with one from the world of wrestling. Um, my my number one crush in the world of wrestling is um, probably, uh, pro- it's probably Chris Wolf. Um, yes. it's either Chris she, Wolf or it's, um, or it's, oh, well, either Chris Wolf or, um, 
or Naomi, I think I would go for. We, we've um, been we've and, been over that territory on the podcast before. We have been over that territory. Well, yeah, and I mean, um, yeah, um, there's not many there's not many um, men that set my heart alight in the world of wrestling because they tend to be very very greasy specimens um, and somewhat um, unhealthily roided. Um, so um, I, outside of that, I would go. It's very conventional this, but um, um, like every, I'd, I'd probably I'd, I'd probably go for Tom Hardy. Oh um, yes. But that's very conventional. So, uh, but yeah, well, I think in wrestling, like, the... it depends which Tom Hardy, because like Tom Tom Hardy and Bronson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like him with a bit of hair. You see, um, in a, um, in um, what was that bonkers TV series that he did um, recently, where he, he ploughed in like a load of his own money, and it was absolutely batshit. Oh um, fuck! It was called. Uh, it was some weird uh, fucking steampunk. Uh, yeah, bollocks. yeah. It was pretty good though. It was complete madness. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, fuck! What was it called? Oh, just fucking. I can't remember. I'm just gonna fucking Google it. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But um, in, in that, it, it, yeah, it, that, that, yeah, but he's very, um, very, very attractive. He's a, um, he's a, he's an excellent actor. Like he's, uh, I, I found him very attractive when he was, uh, when he was Bane. Yes, yeah. Like it's the uh, it's the mask that does it. Um, oh, taboo. Like, um, that's what it was called. <laughs> ah, taboo. That's it. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, no, but um, that, that that that's who I go for. But I I have crushes on just about. Basically, if you're like, um, I often I often develop crushes on wrestlers that um, start with just the wrestler being good. Like so, um, Asuka, for example, sexy. when she was Kana. Yeah, exactly. Like um, when she was Kana. I didn't immediately um, uh, um, fancy her to look at, but then I was like, actually, wait, she's really, really good. And that always makes things more attractive as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know? Like, Love that Nazi, is a, Nazi clown get-up, like... Uh, yes. Peak aesthetic. Nazi. Yeah, hot Nazi clown is... Uh, is, is, is <laughs> that, is, think is of that, that Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you'd be right like, home in the Weimar Republic then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. Well, um, I would... You, okay. Uh, okay, so my two. Um, uh, so uh, firstly, uh, Nia Jax, who we've mentioned on the podcast before, as yeah. being a very attractive lady with a uh, you know, sort of a fine-looking, fine-looking yeah. human. Yeah, great, great body-positive message for uh, for people as well. We talked about that on uh, WrestleMania Part One, I believe. And uh, as for um, David, you said uh, Karen Brady. Um, so for uh, problematic uh, right-wing uh, crushes, I will uh, I will see your Karen Brady, Karen Brady, and I will raise you Pretty Patel. Oh, she can, uh, she can, uh, she can uh, send send me to the Israeli army and the girl on the heights any day. Oh. <laughs> oh, uh, and that's that. Oh, cut. I feel, I, I feel, yeah. I um, feel, I feel pretty, um, pretty grossed out by that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, but uh, she's no Anita from Tongue Limited. That's what I'm saying. Um, the next no, question, no. we we've got three questions left, right? Yeah, right? So we'll try and run through them. What is your favourite crisp? Ooh. Oh, right. Okay, this is serious business. Because this now. is where my uh, BSE anecdote comes in. Oh, good, uh, good. Um, my well, my favourite crisps are Royster's T-Bone Steak crisps, right? Royster's are good, yeah. Royster's really good. And I think part of the reason why is that <gasps> for an entire year, I wasn't allowed to eat Royster's T-Bone Steak crisps because my dad thought I would get mad cow disease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, BSE. There is no beef in them. It's just like no. powder. It, there's no. It's not an actual beef product. I think they're actually vegetarian friendly, but because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, T-bone yeah. steak, 
if he thought I would get mad cow disease and wouldn't wouldn't buy me them for a year. Brilliant. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you what Chris Bile always enjoyed. Um, I was a very big fan of um, Brannigans. Um, was it was it um, mustard? Was it um, yeah, ham and mustard? Because I, I have mustard. a friend who's a big waste man, and and his tipple of choice is Brannigans crisps. Um, you just, are you sure you're not just thinking of me? <laughs> no, no, this is why there's a lot of parallels between uh, you being a waste on liking Brannigans and Tim, except you don't text me at 4am in the morning every fucking night. Um, no, so, no. Um, only, only a WrestleMania weekend. Only a WrestleMania weekend when I'm up. But yeah, um, I, I don't know, I'm, I, I don't think I've ever had Brannigans, it's not something, I'm not a mustard fan myself, so... No, but they were, they were particularly notable because... Um, there was an entire section on the Big Breakfast back in the day. Um, I think it was. The, I think it was the Big Breakfast. This. I think this was actually kind of peak Big Breakfast. So this is Johnny Vaughan era. Um, uh, big, big, big Breakfast. Uh, possibly with the lovely Kelly Brook uh, pr- helping him to present as well. Um, and uh, or maybe Denise Van Outen. I can't remember. Anyway, um, basically, um, they used to have a competition where people could would would try and find the biggest crisp that they'd ever uh, and send it in uh, to them. Uh, so they were trying to find who, who could find the biggest crisp in the UK. Um, and Brannigan's, <laughs> I think, caught on to this. And they began to produce excessively large crisps um, in every packet. <laughs> to, 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 the, to the point that I basically got a packet of Brannigan's once. And it was essentially like um, two, three crisps, basically. Um, and they were fucking enormous. So I used to get quite... Um, it was it was the it, it, it was the 90s there was nothing to do then no one had the internet <laughs> big crisp competitions up there with like knobbly knees contests at your fucking uh, yeah. holiday camps in terms of like <laughs> lovely basically lovely girls contests and hairy form, babies contests. forms of entertainment that like we don't need <laughs> yeah. to do now everyone's got netflix um yeah, yeah. My, my favorite yeah. crisps would but it is quite boring but they genuinely are great would be uh, salt and vinegar flavor kettle chips because they used to be a um shop at my old college in Durham and they would sell you one of the big bags of uh, of uh, kettle chips for a pound because it was uh, subsidised by like the university or whatever and when I was doing my masters I had like fucking 13 odd PhD applications to put in and shit like that and I always had like essays and, and, and crap to write so I didn't necessarily have the biggest social life, I had a lot of work to do and I often found that like a big old bag of uh, salt and vinegar, vinegar kettle chips would get me through um, like a tough night of like reading critical essays on J.G. Ballard or whatever the fuck it was I was doing so uh, yeah that, that's, that's mine, quite boring but I mean they, they are popular for a reason See, I, I don't like kettle crisps. I think they're too, they, their consistency is all over the shop. Really? I, I think they're I, too crunchy. I, I, I'm not a fan I of them. I agree. I agree. I, they hurt my mouth too much. They're Tory crisps. <laughs> That's what they are. Tory yeah, crisps. They are. Exactly. They are. They're fucking And some vinegar with the blue ones are the most Tory of uh, Exactly. If also, talk about, also uh, yeah. uh, Walker's Sensations are like that as well. Oh, I've got I, a I, fucking... I Walker's Sensations I've got well. a bag of... Um, Char-grilled steak and chimichurri flavoured sensations right here in Leeds, UK. My other one, when I went to Pound Stretcher before this, I actually got my second favourite, which is Seabrook Salt and Vinegar Ridge. Oh, Seabrook's are great. Oh, I've never had them. Oh, Yorkshire's finest. Uh, They do straight cut and uh, ridge cut, and to be honest, for me, it's a... 
It's a bit like Die Hard, and uh, you know my favourite is whatever one uh, I had last. So um, yeah, I know what you mean because if I watch Die Hard 4.0, like I have to say, like if I've just watched it last night, I say, you know what, that is just a far superior film than Die Hard or Die Hard with a Vengeance, any of that. Stuff. Well, folks, um, that's the end of the Pure Pre podcast. It's been a great 15 episodes. Um, I hope you all enjoy listening to fucking Voices of Wrestling or something. See you later. <laughs> Um, can I just can I just can I just chime in and say that in terms of um, regional um, kind of um, regional variations of, of like uh, 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 crisp predilections, um, I I give you right I give you the ult, the the nil plus ultra of, um, of, of of regional crisp choices. Okay, step back, guys. It's about to get spicy. When I drop the word tato on your ass, oh, yeah? I've never heard of that. Oh. Tato oh, crisps. Tato. Far too southern. They're banging. The, the place my, St. Liam's in New Zealand down the road from me used to do tatoes and they are fucking marvellous. My mate, um, my mate uh, Carla, who is uh, married to my one of my best friends, um, uh, Tim. Um, hello, guys. Um, you're not listening to her. She, um, <laughs> she took a photo recently um, of her um, in, in the Tato factory, I think it was. She went to visit the Tato oh. factory. Oh my and God. there's just an enormous, like, life-size Mr. Tato standing there. Um, and she's just right next to him looking absolutely delighted. Um, and it's one of the, the, the loveliest images I've seen for, for quite a long time. It's very do nice. You think, uh, do you think in Belfast they have a wrestler called Men's Tato? Because <laughs> <laughs> if I was Honestly, running, I would. I was going to say... It, it, that that will happen at some point. I, I can guarantee it. If you could be a contestant on any game show, what would it be? Oh yes! Uh, wow. Well, I I have actually I've actually been on a game <laughs> I show, know what I'm doing. so uh, I'll, I'll leave that one out. But as we mentioned before, um, I my my dream is only connect, but I'm in the sort of um the the process of applying uh for that. Like I do that every year with my mates. So uh, I'll, I'll leave aside that one. I want to be a contestant on uh pointless because simply for the reason that a lot of people watch pointless and my ego needs uh, stroking on a regular basis and i think i would absolutely fucking murder on it uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I i totally agree i remember i once had a question on pointless where um it was it came up and it was football league clubs with town at the end yes and, and um i gave three answers Yes. Three contestants each gave the answer, and they were all pointless. And I, like, I, I had a massive lob on at that point. I was um king of the world, like at this point. Um, oh, I've only I'm got. Gonna, I'm just. I was say I've only got um three point. I got a one, a zero, and a zero on Ryder Cup captains of all the things once. But I got uh, three pointless answers fairly recently on um fun uh aptly enough for this podcast uh things to do with japan and the three things you could choose from were the top 20 most populated cities in japan which i reckon i could have quite a good stab at and the second thing was uh kurosawa films and uh the third one was uh haruki murakami novels now it just so happens i have read every single haruki murakami novel so um i was in with uh Pinball 1973, Hardball Wonderland and the End of the World, and my, my personal one, which I thought is a cast iron uh, pointless answer, uh, Colorless Sakura Tazaki and His Years of Pilgrimage.
<laughs> so I would I, not say pointless, yeah. Because that, um, like, yeah, you, you, there's, there's always that dream where you watch a quiz show and you get the dream, um, the dream like final, the final answer. You know, the one where it's at like the final rounds and they give you a question and you immediately know you've won the money. That sort yeah. of because I had that, I remember I watched Tenable, uh, that program of Warwick Davis, and you have to list like it's like oh. a list of ten things. And he came up and it was ICC Cricket Test Nations. And I was like, yes. oh, fuck, I'd have won all the money. Like, I knew them all. Like, um, but, but, um, I got really excited in a pub quiz once because um, they said that um, it's a special um, it's a special sports section. Um, and um, they said one of the... Um, and I, I, I'd gone to the bar at this point and I hadn't heard that this was like a special sports section. And they came back and they said, right, lads, what are the questions on? Um, and they went, um, oh, it's, it's about the history of the ICC. Now, I was absolutely delighted at this point because I thought they were referring to the obscure left communist group, the International Communist Current. Um, <laughs> and I was like, fucking right. We're, we're, I was like, lads, put our fucking name on that creative ale. Like, we, we've got this nailed down. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the first question was like something to do with like, in, two, in 1998, Brian Lara, famous. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 and do I know, thought and you know were... what? Do you know what I was, I was devastated about is that um, sadly... Um, if I had time and I'd known, I could have run home and got the Dickie Bird DVD um, and, 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 and ref- refreshed my memory about Kurtley Ambush. Kurtley Ambush was a fantastic bowler, the small importantly to that, he was a gentleman. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the around on the other ICC, like in which year was General Ratcomalanit <laughs> arrested for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, but yeah, but my my actual answers are a little bit, um, um, I suppose, um, more more mundane than that. But uh, <laughs> like, I've got I've, I've sort of narrowed it down to four. But one of them is <laughs> right. Can we count Gladiators as a game show? Oh god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so obviously, Gladiators. Um, entirely because and this comes back to crushes I have to say that it is incredibly sad for me to admit this because basically Alan Partridge has made it um, (laughs) impossible for any man of my age to openly admit that they are very fond of uh, Diane Yodel otherwise known as Jet who has Bill Nicano-esque qualities of aging might I ask (laughs) yes she does yeah um, these days she looks like a kind of um, uptight Kate Bush Um, and um, it's quite quite that's my jam (laughs) Yeah, that's my jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so gladiators, perhaps, so as I could be um, um, close um, to um, to Jet and get uh, chucked about by her. Um, but then after that, I've, I've gone for a few different ones. So the first main one was eggheads. Mm. Now, I I say that, that there are some people... Now, I don't mind your Daphne's um, or, your, or, or the bloke that literally looks like um, he was made on Blue Peter with the bald head <laughs> and the fluff. He's, he's, he's all right. He, they both seem vaguely human, right? What I object to is that fucking Kevin Trump, right? He is, the, he, he, he is the most boring fucking... You know, and this is the problem, right, with these fuckers, right? I want to go on there and I want to give them a piece of my mind. I'm, I'm not going to answer any questions. I'm just going to go on there and go, you know what? Here's something that you should do in life, yeah? You should accumulate knowledge, not to win fucking quizzes, but because you're interested, yeah? All that Kevin does is sit reading a fucking quiz answer book. He's like, I hate was, it, him. was it Richard He's... Henning that once spotted him um, uh, sitting in McDonald's by himself reading quizzes? Oh god, that's so tragic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, so 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 there's there's him, but there's also, of course, um, um, CJ, 
when he was on it. <laughs> now, obviously, I'd be a bit more. Ca- I'd be a, yeah, I'd be a bit more careful with my criticisms of CJ if I was on it. Because as we all know, all you need to be doing is walking around, around the, the wrong canal in Amsterdam <laughs> um, at, the wrong, at, the, at the wrong time of night. And out from, from out the mist, from out the marijuana thug of a passing coffee shop comes the withered hand of CJ <laughs> to, to poke you gently. He, he really the is canal. the Kensuke Sasuke of game, the game show circuit, allegedly. He, 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 he gives us chess, he he gives us chess players yeah. a bad name. Also, sorry, I was laughing because like, I've just been trying to unscrew the wine bottle unsuccessfully and realised that I had already removed the cap about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> so this is going fucking great. The boys are back in town. In that case, George, I hope you're nicely um, uh, becoming nicely bleached uh, for uh, my, next, um, my next option, which would be um, anyone having this, lads? Get your own back. Yes! Yeah. Crack yeah. him up. I... I... Anything that involves guns. I am a huge, huge fan of guns. I know, I, I know. Popular light entertainment, popular light entertainment went down the pan, um, more or less at the exact same time that guns um, uh, stopped being a convention in, in, in children's television shows. As, uh, as, we all know, as we all know, Daniel, there's nothing you love more than a good gunging. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Look, I, I, I don't know why they took Noel's house party off the air. Just because someone died doing a stunt for it, and, you know... <laughs> No, Noel Edmonds believes that hey. positive mental attitude will like close the borders or whatever it is he fucking. Uh... Hey, hey, look, 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 lads, we're laughing, but you know, people died painting the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see why Noel's house party should be any different. I held twenty other. I mean, the, the, all, all I'm seeing is a Qatar World Cup still going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, get your priorities right. Um, so yeah, I'd, 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 I'd go and get your own back. Yeah, but I, 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 I once met Dave Benson on. Phillips. See if you ever go to oh, the fringe. He goes Benson. about like I've got... yeah. Yeah, I once <laughs> met him at the fringe. He goes about pretending to gun people <laughs> yes! in a bucket to to show because they do. I've got. I say he goes about pretending to gun people. No one's paying him. He just does it of his own volition. <laughs> He's actually severely mentally ill. <laughs> 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 Oh, it's amazing. Um, I've actually got two really banging Dave Benson oh, stories, God. right? Two absolute, so two, I two, two absolute corkers, right? Uh, the first one doesn't really involve me directly, but um, it's it's still funny. Um, so, um, um, listeners might not be aware of this, but there is an annual um, festival of um, of um, well, basically of, of rave rave culture and rave music um, called Bang Face. Uh, you you told me about Bang Face, um, yeah. I, I went to the first one um, and it was it was great it was fucking amazing loads of fun um, but um, in between um, all these kind of like quite well respected um, like acts like um, like I saw like one Atkins like Mona um, like I like performed there and stuff um, and like all this kind of like um, quite cool stuff but they also had this like really big um, they're, they're, they're very big on creating an, uh, an incredible atmosphere through asking people to come uh, carrying like inflatables and stuff and get dressed up in certain themes and it's absolute madness um, but basically um, at one of these things they also booked um, they, they usually book like a sort of comedy act as well or like a bit of like um, light relief for people who are just you know plucked off their tits and want to just calm down a bit and don't want any like acid techno so um they basically um booked um uh, the first year Chaz and Dave um amazing and um I I 
to cut a long story short, I, yeah, to cut a long story short, I will just say that um, dancing around in a room um, full of people who were waiting for um, Venetian snares to come on, um, and um, were—I mean, I'll be honest—I I, was—I was on more drugs than I've ever been on in my entire life. Are you, are you sure you didn't um, imagine Chas and Dave? Dave just, <laughs> no, 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 no. Chas and Dave just walked on stage. Um, and the last thing that I remember is um, is dancing to Snook and Loopy, um, <laughs> while Chas and Dave just looked. While Chaz and Dave just looked terrified that all these like young um, boggle-eyed kids clearly like off their baps on various different types <laughs> of wild street drugs, um, they they were terrified they couldn't get that, get off that stage quick enough. But the next year, Benson Phillips turned up with his guns, <laughs> didn't he? Like, and 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 I wasn't there for that one, but there's a picture of my mate um, Vicky. Um, absolutely mashed off her balls, like uh, just standing next to Dave Benson Phillips, just like, hey! And apparently he was absolutely loving it. Like after after it, he t- he, he retweeted, "Oh, bang face, you guys know how to party," <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. Like, <laughs> is it is um, this Vicky of Cleft fame? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Shout out to Cleft. I really yeah. like them. Yeah. Carry so on. that was great. Um, and the other Benson Phillips story is about my mate Tim. Another Tim. Tim again on the podcast. He um. I don't know how this happened. Tim kind of works in like uh, I think it's like PR sort of thing, um, and he he somehow got Dave Benson Phillips' phone number. <laughs> no, he got the man. He got the he got Dave Benson Phillips' manager's phone number somehow, um, and we were really wrecked one night. Um, and he, he he left a message. <laughs> Did you pretend to be Phil Bab? <laughs> no, no. But he, um, he he left a message on um, Dave Benson Phillips' manager's answering machine asking if he could like book him for a private party. Um, that we had no intention of like of, of doing, and instead of just like never responding, um, he he begun to string along Dave Benson Phillips, manager, in a series of ever more outlandish and ridiculous requests for um, an appearance that was never going to happen. Um, and eventually, his manager just got really angry and rang him up and just left him a message going, "Oh no, honestly, mate, at this point, you're just taking the back." <laughs> Do you know what? You know what's really funny about that story? I know someone who did that as well. <laughs> But I was right, like, the they were time. actually going to ha- go ahead with it. They were going to make a music video for their band, and it, like they were like a student band, like like they were like in fact they were still at school, and they're going to do a music video where they played, and Dave Benson Phillips was going to come in in two thousand and two and gunge everyone, and it was just going to be the whole video was going to be them getting ah, gunged yes. by Dave Benson <laughs> Phillips. Um, oh, my my game show. Oh, did you have another one? That you were going to go for no. All right, my oh, you know what my game show I would go on is George. You know what it is. Which I know. I think I know. Yes, it's. I mean, the next time you're at the circuit yes. and you hear the beep, think it's fun you could be having a supermarket sweep. Oh, Honestly, supermarket sweep. If they bring it back, I'm absolutely put my name in for it to be a contestant because it's it's my favorite game show of all time. I like running about. It's it it it, it gets all all my loves in one go. Um, I, I love. Um, although I don't know, I'd find it very hard to deal with the contractual obligation that every time you answer a question, you have to end it with deal. So <laughs> uh, it's like Canada deal. <laughs> yes, deal. Um, I, I think I'd struggle there. But um, but do you reckon? Do you reckon they'll bring Dale back if it's if it comes? Well, back the, there was there's talks. Apparently they've they've uh, like relaxed contract it, negotiations. Apparently. Yeah, apparently they're meant to be ringing it back, and like to be honest. It'd be the biggest thing to happen in 2018. I'm not gonna lie. Do you reckon Dale Winton's agent? There's somewhere in a in a kind of smoke-filled room. Um, there's um um soundtrack by the clinks of cups of tea on saucers. There's um there's there's a, a Dale Winton sat there with his agent, and his agent is just looking over the table to Barry Fry, and he's going, you know what'd be really nice though? Ooh, cheeky little sign on bonus. 
You know it's just gonna be. You know it's just gonna be fucking Rivian and K like it always is. That talentless twat. The other the other one I've gone is the national lottery. Oh yeah. Do you know what I said with a list? The one you have to list, um, it's like up to, you have to see, try and list as many uh, different ones compared to people. Because I remember once on the, the final, um, they once had Capitals of the Americas, and I, I um, had already completed all 15 within 45 nice. seconds. Like, yeah, I was like, if that had came up, I actually think I'd have started, like, hysterically screaming, because <laughs> I would immediately know I've won 15 grand. Ah, very good. Um, yeah. Uh, either that or go on the chase purely for the same reasons you I would thought you'd say the chase yeah I thought you'd say the chase yeah purely because the same reasons you go on eggheads not because I want to win the chase or even answer questions but just so when they can ask me whether or not they should take the negative offer I can tell them that if they take the negative offer they're a fucking scumbag yes yeah um, exactly did, did you see Justice the person on the chase who was like um, um which uh uh it was a question about Jerry Adams. It's like which political party was he the head of? And he's like, oh, yeah. uh, uh, "RA wanted." Like uh, Sinn Fein's like same thing. So I think he's going to be uh, getting someone yeah. uh, shooting him in the kneecaps before too long. Well, he was the one who also says, "How are you feeling?" He says, "I'm a bit nervous, but I've had a couple of whiskeys before." So I'm all <laughs> what right. a hero! That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man, now we've, we've talked about uh, quiz shows. Do you think it might be time to like move on to a, a, a quiz show of our own? Yes. So it's time for a quiz show. Um, now, this isn't necessarily a quiz show, uh, so, to, so to speak. It was a quiz show, but nobody ever remembers this quiz show because it was on Sky <laughs> in like 1989. Um, yeah. We're going to play Trivial Pursuit because that great insti- Christmas institution that every family in the UK plays at Christmas. <laughs> I was going to bring out my actual Trivial Pursuit board game, uh, but I have the France 98 edition, and that is pretty much copyright infringement on Quick. Oh, I'd, I'd fucking own at that as well. That's probably the only one I've got any chance in. <laughs> I used to take that into school. Like I left school in 2007, and I'm pretty sure like in the last year I still took in Trivial Pursuit at Christmas, the France 98 one, because I was like, it's just the best fucking board game, apart from Power Grid, yeah. but apart from that, it's just the best board game ever. But yeah, uh, we're going to play Trivial Pursuit. Um, if you don't know how to play Trivial Pursuit, then um, what you do in your life. Um, basically, the way we're going to do it is we don't have time to go around the board yeah, and all yeah, that. Fish. that. Um, yeah. Essentially, what we do is we're going to do... Uh, you get yeah. six cheeses, and um, yeah. all each one is a different category, so they're all different colours. Uh, you have to get one of each cheese, and you'll win, right? Now, I, w- I was going to do pure questions. Um, I was also going to watch um, the stuff I had to watch this review before I did it, but that didn't end up happening. So um, I'm woefully ill-prepared. And then I went to Pound Stretcher to get some uh, headphones, and I came across this WWE Past and Present oh, no. Annual. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which 
as you can see, has um, Seamus, the Big Show, and Triple H on the front. I, I don't know where the fuck this is from because there's copious amounts of references to Rey Mysterio um, and Santino. So, what we're going to do is I uh, we're going to go over the six categories. Now, the six categories. We have geography, mm-hmm. entertainment, yeah. history, wow. arts and literature, science and nature, <laughs> or sports Brilliant. and leisure. You have to get one question from each right. We'll take it in turns. Uh, I'm going to get a word pad up because I'll never remember what ones you actually got. Um, let's see. I mean, George is winning this, but... I, uh, I will say for a moment, I am slightly drunk now. So, like, I think... And I did this in fucking an act of the Christmas spirit of charity to, like, level the fucking playing field. So, like... Although you are hungover as well, so you're, like, handicapped by, like, a, a different... Uh, a different uh, method. Uh, we'll take it in turns. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Um, we will do passovers. So if you get a question wrong, we'll hand it over to the other person. We're not doing passovers. I haven't even got the matzos in. <laughs> but Dave Matesh, remember the name Maccabi Haifa. Uh, uh, this is for children. There is no other way to put it. It is for children. It has a word search and everything. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, fantastic. Well, first of all, we'll go for Daniel. You're up uh-huh. first. So it's yep, Daniel yep. versus George. I will be quiz master for this. All right. Daniel, you're up yep. first. Okay. You can have yep. a question for right. geography, entertainment, mm-hmm. history, yep. arts and literature, science and nature, and sports and leisure. Oh. And do bear in mind that these questions, these categories are absolutely fucking meaningless because I'm just going out of this book. <laughs> <So>, <laughs> I would like... Um, I would like uh, Tony. Uh, I would like. Um, I would like uh, entertainment. entertainment. Music and entertainment. <laughs> Music and entertainment. Uh, right. Page twenty-two. Uh-huh. Twenty-two. Oh man. 22. <laughs> You've got twenty-one. I've got twenty-two. Um, oh fuck! That's a that's a tough question. Jesus. Yeah. Ask him it. Ask him it. Ask him it. Right. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm going to leave that for you, George. Oh fuck pick. off. <laughs> all right, like I've got, I've got really hard ones for both of you, so that's fine. So we'll go for an easy one first of all. Okay, so on entertainment. Yep. In what year did the first Royal Rumble take place? Now it is a um, multiple choice. So right, right, A, right. A, nineteen ninety-eight. Okay. B, nineteen eighty-eight, or C, nineteen eighty-nine. Um. Uh, let me think. Um. Is it? Sorry, what, so what, what, 89, 88, what was the other one? 98. It's 88, surely. Or is this the, the, the trick one? Uh, I don't think it is a trick one because the next question is related to it. I'm pretty See. sure it's 88. Bang on, 88, that's you. Nice. You've got an entertainment cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, one, one by um, Jim Duggan, I think. Is it Jim Duggan? No, but, have a cheese. No, but it, it, it might not have been. It might not have been. I might be. It was Jim Duggan. It was Jim Duggan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It's because they always um, mention it whenever they're like Jim Duggan, the winner of the first Royal Rumble. Like when they say like. It was also a pointless answer when they did Royal Rumble winners on <laughs> um, pointless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's eighty-eight though. Yeah, it's eighty-eight. That's correct. Okay, uh, let's see. So, George, uh, yep. your categories are 
geography, entertainment, history, arts and literature, science and nature, and sports and leisure. Oh, well, I've, you know, I studied literature at uni for seven years. So I'd be remiss if I didn't go for sports and leisure. <laughs> They're all valid. Uh, right, so, sports and leisure. Let's see. Now, sports and leisure. Oh, well then. Uh, with this one, let's see what we're doing. Right. What was the ICC's position on the Soviet line? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's in page twenty-four. Uh, can you see this? Uh, it's a it's a belt of some kind. Yeah. Right. So we will go for this one. Can you see that? Uh, yes. Uh, right. So there's there's a two champion two champions behind the belt. That you have to name all the ones on this are like this is, uh, this is fantastic stuff for a podcast. <laughs> so, um, you have a picture here um, of a man who is bald and a man who is hair, obscured uh, okay. by a belt that says Tag Team Championship. Oh, so, wow, okay. Let's see. Um, there you go. Who is this? Oh, fuck. Um, the bald man. Is that a shoulder tattoo or some shit? Is it? Oh, is it? Uh, is it Cesaro and Tyson Kidd? Wow, that is amazing. Is wow. it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck yes. Uh, there is another one um, here. I suppose you see. Um, and let's see. Can you see it? Intercontinental Championship, right? Yeah. Look at the tights at the bottom. <laughs> it says Kofi on it. Oh for yes. Fuck's Textbook. Brilliant. Uh, so that was sports and leisure, wasn't it? Yeah, I get a point. Nice, I get cheese. There you go. You've got a cheese. Well I done. I get cheese on. Uh, so Parity. Next up, Daniel. Yes. Next up, Daniel. You've got geography, history, oh. arts and literature, science and nature, or sports and leisure. Um, let's go for uh, literature, arts and literature. Match them up. Okay. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to just going to read you a question and yeah. the answer. I'm going to read you various answers and you have to choose. Basically multiple choice, but they are all over the place. You basically need to match it up, okay? Right, okay. So, we will go for... Who is the youngest ever champion in WWE history winning the World Tag Team title at 19? It's not Tyler Bate. Oh, I know, oh fuck, I know this one. God damn it. Yes. Uh, how old were they? Were they... 19, right? 19. So the answers you have are... San Diego, California... Uh, fuck, they've put them all over the place. Uh, Rene Dupree. Um, let's see. Stanford, Connecticut. The Marine. Santino Morella. University of Phoenix Stadium. <laughs> uh, the Miz and Big Show. Cowboy Bob Orton. Six. <laughs> what a lot of that. Um, okay. Do you want me to read through them no, again? No, yeah, yeah, read the answers. <laughs> no. Um, um, I- is it is it is it Rene Dupree? It is oh, Rene Dupree. Come yeah, on! There we go. Right, yeah, so you've got a wedge and what was it you've done? Sport, he said the arts oh, that was and arts, literature, arts and literature, I think. Literature. Yeah. Arts and literature, right. Actually. God damn it, I knew that without yeah. the fucking answers. I know. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I think I should just ask you the question before the answers because <laughs> it's it's way too it's much harder. Uh, yeah, so George, up next you have geography, entertainment, history, arts and literature. Or science and nature. Oh, I'll go for geography, please, Carol. Geography. Yeah, that's fine. 
Uh, and it's Tony, by the way. Um, let's see. Geography. Oh, actually, I have a geography question in here. Oh, is it actually about geography? Uh, yes, oh, it nice. is. Uh, this is actually a fucking tough one, though, to be fair. Is it, though? Uh, let's see. It's from pay-per-view quiz. Oh, yeah, you, you, I don't know if you'll get this, to be honest. Okay. Um, in which state did Vengeance Night of Champions 2007 hail from? Jeez. A, Texas. B, California. C, New York. <laughs> No, I wasn't watching wrestling at that time. Let's you have go- to take a pun. Right, let's go for fucking uh, California. Holy fuck, I was right. It's Texas. Damn it. So, uh, uh, I was meant to give it over to him, wasn't I? Oh, bastard. He's still winning. Oh. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, right, that's fine. So, uh, Daniel, you have geography, history, science and nature, sports and leisure. Um, let's go for sports and leisure, Tony. Sports Sports and pleasure. Who did John Morrison defeat for his first ECW championship? Christ. Uh, Uh, CM Punk, Matt Hardy, or Mark Henry? Ooh, that's quite tough, actually. Mark Henry. Mark Henry was an ECW champion, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And uh, coincidentally, he also put the ratings up. Uh, The writing speak. Of course he didn't, because Mark Henry's amazing. That's why. Yes, Mark Henry calls ratings. ECW gets highest ratings ever when Mark Henry was champion. And then the week he lost it, they went back down again. And it happened again when he won the SmackDown. Yeah, it did. Mark ratings Henry. So, yeah, exactly. It's very weird. Um... CM Punk. Yeah. Oh, is it? It was. Uh, I knew that one because uh, I just remember CM Punk versus John Morrison because CM Punk was meant to face Chris Benoit. He was. Chris Benoit was meant to fight oh, that's right. for yeah, the ECW yeah. Championship and John Morrison was his replacement. Uh, right. So, George, you have geography, entertainment, history, arts and literature, science and uh, Geography. Let's see. Oh, what is it? WWE's global headquarters are based where? Uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Oh, come well on. Done. There you go. All in on that. that oh, no, this is... I'm, I'm calling... Uh, this is a fix, this. Uh, I know. I know. It's the, it's the middle class is winning again. It is. Um, the referee's bent. <laughs> the middle class is winning arrows to finish this glass of white and uh, move on to the red, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping for George to get taps off before this episode finishes. You get more than taps off, mate. The, it's not the first time I've had men take off the tops from me on webcam. <laughs> uh, Daniel, your categories are geography, history, okay, um, science and nature, sports and leisure. I would like um, as a yeah. I'm gonna go along with the uh, as, a, as a as a true materialist and go with history. What I have in front of me is a maze. You have to get through the maze. No, <laughs> not, not, not <laughs> maze. Uh, I nearly, nearly shot myself. How many times? Has mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels held the Intercontinental Championship? Oh, Once, man. twice, three times a lady. Um, How many times did he actually put oh. someone over when losing it? That's the that's the real question. That's the yeah, real yeah, question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so let me think about this in my head. Oh, mm, what, were the, what were the options again? Give, give me the options again. Once, <laughs> twice, three times. How did you forget? One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, to be fair, whenever Shawn Michaels is asked to put it over, he can get one, two, three as well. <laughs> yeah, true that, true that. Um, it's three. Shit. Yeah, yeah, it's well done. So, yeah, three, two, two, uh, yeah, three, two, yeah. to Dan. Uh, come on, Daniel. Come on, Azerbaijan. They'll be dancing in the streets of Baku tonight. Um, George, your categories are entertainment. 
Um, history, arts and literature, science um, and nature. I want to get science and nature out of the way because I was gashed at it at school. So, yeah, science and nature. Uh, I'm avoiding it as well. The question is going to be on the anatomy. Okay. So, oh. let's see if you can see this. Uh, let's see. Right. Can you see this arm? Uh, I... <laughs> I can see this arm, yes. Whose arm is it? Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you've got 15 options. If you want, I'm happy to run through them and you can kind of go on a step. No, step. fuck it. I'm going to freeball this. Um, okay, that arm. Is it an arm which is not suited to putting uh, his bins out in the morning? Is it the Viper Randy Orton? 15 is G. 15 is Randy Orton. Congratulations. Yes! Oh, my God. Through a uh, fucking, like, well done. dodgy Skype, like... Uh, Computer camera, get in. But even even through that uh, that dodgy bit stream, um, you, you can still tell that he's ninety nine percent Frankfurter. So Daniel, uh, you it's now three all and cheeses. Uh, you have left geography, science and nature, or sports and leisure. Okay, I'll go science and nature as well to try and get it out of the way. Yeah. So there's a thing we have to fill in signature moves. Okay. Uh huh. And uh, there's various signature moves. There's six people that are linked to them. This is pretty much a 50-50 guess. I'm not going to lie. Choke slam, and you have six options. <laughs> the Undertaker, The Big Show, Roman Reigns, John Cena, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Whose signature move is the choke slam? And I'll give you a clue <laughs> by give, showing you the picture for number one, The Undertaker. And I'll show you um, another one as well, whatever it is. Let's see. Can you see The Undertaker? <laughs> yep. Can you also see what is next to The Undertaker? That would be uh, the, the the Big Show and uh, Luke Harper. Yes. So, um, yeah. who does the choke slam, Daniel? Right, hang on. Though, taking because... into account the empirical evidence now I have just shown you <laughs> of The Big Show performing a choke slam on Luke Harper. <laughs> Who does the I'm, 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 I'm going to go with the big show on this one. But I was thinking what they might be trying to do is they might be trying to bamboozle me um, by, um, by because they said trademark move. Yeah, so with that, uh, well, the, one of them is the old school. So uh, okay. not, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, well done. You got a point. And that was I think, oh, Science and Nature, wasn't it? Um, it was. It was incredibly scientific. Yes, it is. Things that happen in nature. Some Brian Cox shit. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Right, George. <laughs> um, entertainment, arts and literature, and history. history. Who did Carlito defeat to earn his first United States Championship? It's John Cena, Edge, or Primo? John Cena. You weren't watching wrestling. wrestling no, right? I was. I was. I remember this vividly because uh, John Cena got stabbed by a man called Jesus, and then John Cena literally went over Jesus in a pay-per-view match. <laughs> Quite and quite right too. <laughs> Thankfully, Jesus didn't piss in the blade. Else, you know, ten years would have been completely different. Mm. Uh, you are correct. It was John Cena. Congratulations. Yeah, um, Carlito's debut, I believe. And it and was, as, yes. it's a great, yeah. great attempt to try and get someone over by having them win a title in their debut. And as we know, Carlito remained like white hot over with the crowd for the remainder of his WWE run. It was uh, quite remarkable. Mm. Uh, so, Daniel, you have either yeah geography. Uh -huh. Or sports and leisure. Let's go for geography. 
Right, so I'm going to take you to a bizarre place, a place called the Hall of Mirrors. Oh, um, oh. You have to decide who the, hall, the person in the Hall of Mirrors is. And let's see. It's this oh, one. Oh, fuck's sake! Right, uh, what, that? That, that? that is um, Orson Welles in The Lady from Shanghai. Uh, no, 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 don't, don't be silly. It's, um, it's David Bowie. <laughs> Bear in mind, this is a, a, a WWE past and present activity annual, and apart from his run for the light heavyweight championship, David Bowie uh, didn't feature much. I suppose it does look a little bit like... Um, um, uh, yeah, it looks a bit like Stardust. <laughs> Um, but I'm still, I'm, I'm going to go with David Bowie. Um, <laughs> you say Hall of Mirrors, he's barely distorted in that picture. I, I mean, that, that is, that is very It's like he's leaning um, slightly to the left. Just like... The answer actually yeah. is uh, David uh, Bowie. Okay, can, can, so... uh, I was going to say, can you please read out the answer in the style of David Bowie? Um... I can't do any impressions. <laughs> Um, the answer is uh, David Bowie. That is his name. <laughs> Your father was a plumber. Son. <laughs> oh, man. You've done quite well for yourself, young man. George, you have uh, entertainment or arts and literature? Arts and literature, fuck it. What? Oh, fuck. That's a tough one. Right. Bring it on, motherfucker. One, two, three, four. <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a bottle of wine. I'll answer any of your fucking questions. <laughs> <laughs> you got my real dad. <laughs> uh, I thought you'd know the answer to that one. Fuck's sake. Uh, right, you're getting that one then. So, there's an Undertaker crossword. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Uh, Oh no, this is a this is a this is a fucking tough one. So I'm gonna I'm giving you this. Fuck you. Um, this is about the Undertaker. Yes. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, five. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Wow. That's right. It's fourteen characters. Yes. Five across. He took part in a Buried Alive match at this pay-per-view event. Good fucking luck with that he one. He took part in the Buried Alive match at this pay-per-view event. Fucking hell. Um. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 is it um, a cold day in hell? Very good shout, because that's 14 characters. Completely fucking wrong. Damn it! But oh. um, it is uh, bragging rights. Do you remember bragging, bragging rights? Bragging rights! Oh, oh yeah, like, it was, the, it, was the, it was the one night of the year that um, Raw and SmackDown played off for, like, uh, they had, uh, like, elimination matches for, like, some nebulous trophy that didn't mean anything. I'm sure glad they don't do anything so pointless as that nowadays in WWE. That would be, uh, that would be mental. <laughs> Truly the checker trade trophy of wrestling. <laughs> Right, right, Daniel. Match point. You've got open goal here. Yeah. That's it. Oh, God. This is it. Golden goal. Damn it, I'm uh, just You are say long that. Wonk. <laughs> this is your time. Um, I, I, I fear I'm Jamie Pollock. <laughs> and I need to give you a hard one, right, because it's your final one. Who defeated okay. Matt Hardy okay. for the United States Championship in 2008? MVP, Shelton Benjamin, or Finlay? I wasn't watching the WWE product then, but I will. I I, I want the answer to be Finley because I want Finley to be the answer to everything. Um, but I'm I'm gonna say that it was um, Shelton Benjamin. Fuck off! No way! Damn it! Yeah, it sure was fucking Shelton six Benjamin. Yep. Ah! You've got your six cheese. Oh, damn it! 
Yeah, well done, I'll Daniel. You have one trivial pursuit. Congratulations. Against against the half cut George, I have absolutely dominated the scene. No, um, that's a, that that was absolutely fantastic. It's one of my favourite board yeah. games, uh, and it really is uh, beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. Um, mm. What what are we doing now, uh, George? We get any plans? Well, um, it is we are actually going to review some wrestling uh, perished thoughts. An hour and so fifty minutes done... into this recording, and finally we're reviewing a Puro match. <laughs> so um, what? In, yeah. <laughs> In a, so, in a, in a controversial um, we, I mean, WWE often does Christmas-themed wrestling matches, like the uh, the uh, Miracle on 34th Street fight, which is amazingly named. The Probably the best example of this would be uh, John Cena versus Alberto Del Rio yes. from 2012, where uh, um, Alberto Del Rio ran over uh, Mick Foley playing yeah. Santa, and John Cena had to literally save Christmas. This is legitimately in my top ten matches of all time. And I'm not just talking so WWE. <laughs> I am talking wrestling uh, worldwide, but uh, what we decided to do was a Puro uh, Christmas match. Now, you might know Japanese people not particularly being uh, Christians, most of them, but uh, they do they do things uh, regarding Christmas. My favourite example of this being a, a department store just after the Second World War, trying to drum a, a bit of business for the um, uh, troops of the Occupation Army, um, deciding to do a bit of a Christmas display, not really knowing what Christmas was, and the centrepiece of this display was uh, Santa on the cross. Amazing. Because in, J- in Japan, am I right in saying that they all go to KFC? So they do Christmas, yeah, yeah, apparently yeah. that's a big... Uh, yeah, yeah, like they all go to KFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, KFC Christmas. Wait, is this is this a thing? It's like yeah. me going to see Die um, Hard. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, like New Year is the big uh, <laughs> festival around the winter time in uh, Japan. New Year is really big, but they do do stuff to do with Christmas. And one of the biggest um, exponents of Christmas-related wrestling was uh, pro wrestling Noah. Of course, uh, Noah being a uh, Christian figure um, from whom they took mm. the name, and so they sort of took this uh, sort of quasi-religious branding over to do a, a Christmas show called Noah Full Gift uh, every year. And so the match we, we are reviewing is um, uh, Mr. Christmas versus Kevin Mask from uh, Noah Full Gift Volume 2, which was uh, 24th of December uh, 2011. Um, I think this is the first Noah match we reviewed on the podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, we have mentioned uh, him before <laughs> in relation yeah, to yeah, the the... invading New Japan, but... Yeah the, yeah, the continuity all Japan, Noah. Yes, the continuity all Japan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, so basically what it is... And, mu- is, and um, much like the continuity IRD, we're funded by gangsters, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, alleged- allegedly. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've actually reviewed a different show. I've reviewed a show from the Breakaway uh, Foundation, Oglish Noiren, <laughs> uh, which is um, a... Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, what we've got is uh, Mr. Christmas. Now, Mr. Christmas, um, uh, I, I said David the match, and he wasn't actually sure who Mr. Christmas was. So Mr. Christmas is um, then Noah main eventer and current All Japan president, uh, Junakiyama. Uh, and the joke is basically that it is incredibly obvious that Mr. Christmas is uh, Junakiyama. He, uh, he's wearing a Junakiyama shirt, isn't he? Is he is wearing a Junakiyama shirt with that most festive of Christmas animals, the King Cobra. Um, yeah. And uh, they yeah. list his height yeah. and weight on the screen, so if you want to do a bit of detective work. And uh, uh, he, he's also got this... Uh, Junakiyama has this very distinctive chin dimple, which uh, his mask seems specifically yeah, designed to emphasise. Um, so what we have is this uh, great... Because uh, they do a bit of a montage about the... Uh, 
uh, No Full Gift Volume 1 from the previous night, which looked like a big, um, a quite important show with like GHC title matches all over the shop. And uh, what it's got is this great rock version of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You over the opening montage <laughs> as Takamasano lazily uh, spinning back kicks people. And uh, Takashi Sugiura gives uh, Giant Bernard, a.k.a. Lord Hentai, an Olympic slam. Um, this is very much a, a show which was the uh, sort of light-hearted uh, aftermath of the, the main show they had the previous day. So what we have is uh, Junakiyama as Mr. Christmas against um, someone called uh, uh, Kevin Mask. So um, I don't know what a Kevin Mask is. Could anyone like try and shed any light on this? It's, it's, it's exactly like um, when Alan Partridge got pulled over um, for stealing <laughs> a traffic cone and he had to give a name and he just went... Kevin Mask, one <laughs> yeah. King Road, Ipswich. I, yes. call, call me Kevin, Mr. Mask is my father. Here we are, boys, one, two, three, fake street. Because <laughs> they, 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 they have, like, um, there's obviously Tiger Mask, who is a tiger. There's also um, Tiger's Mask, who uh, whose mask is the um, bestowed with the insignia of the baseball team, the Hanshin Tigers. Now, I'm probably going to get, we're probably going to get people in tweeting us that, um, Kevin is a sort of character from some obscure anime that no one's ever watched. But for our purposes, he's some like vaguely threatening-looking anime masked luchador guy. Um, I, I I would say I think he looked fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, it's I a great costume. A, I thought his costume was amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, and he, he's he looks uh, like a sort of saw um, is it like sodden out of fucking Lord of the Rings, but like purple because it kind of yes. went, oh, mad. No, he actually does. It's great. There's all there's also there's also um a touch of um the villain from um through the dragon's eye, the classic um kids <laughs> oh, um, God, educational that abs- program. That absolutely. Uh, is. About him, about him. He looked him like a, 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 a like monster that you would put on the uh, CBB show, uh, CBBC show Raven. Like not not the one, yes. not the one where yes. you have to like pilot a shopping trolley full of stop signs around the other one. <laughs> what I love about Mister Christmas is he uh, his entrance <laughs> theme is a um, a bit of a Christmas carol. I'm not sure which one, and um, a uh, sort of festive rap. And he gives out presents to the crowd during his entrance. A lot uh, a lot of the crowd are wearing uh, Christmas jumpers, and he's got this sort of um, you know how John Cena is just bis- uh, bedecked with uh, wristband the whole time. So Mr. Christmas is just yeah. covered. Tinsel is his spinach. Uh, like, Tinsel gives him power. He's just absolutely covered in fucking Tinsel wristbands and all that shit. The thing I, the thing I loved about him giving out presents is that, you know, usually when you do like a, a Santa gimmick or something, you come out with a sack of presents. He came out with a carrier bag. Like, I just, I, I get, like, literally one that he got out of the fucking Premier next door. Um, you know, he bought. He went to buy some fags and a paper, and he got a bag, and then he just decided to put presents in it. <laughs> like, it's just like it's like he's got a carry out for an off license. If if it had been a blue bag, then I mean, it'd either be a kebab yeah. or a, yeah. a bag of cans, one of the two. <laughs> few yeah. few cans of white ace in there. Yeah. I'd, I'd I'd like to I'd like to confirm that um in Spain um the blue bag is still um the number one uh black bag of choice. Oh good. At, um at every alimentación you go to. <laughs> um yeah so um it's 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 still a it's it's still a thing even in Spain so I can still enjoy So uh, it. The, this is the opening match of uh, of the show. Uh, which is weird because Junakiyama was a sort of main eventer of the time, but of course Mr. Christmas is uh, not a main eventer. Um, uh, I, what I've very much enjoyed in the opening is uh, Mr. Christmas sort of uh, tries to lock in an armbar, but sort of like waves to the crowd at the same time. 
like um, Eugene style. It's 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 quite a sort of nice opening match uh, sort of offense. Like there's a bit a few technical um, arm locks. I quite like um, the grappling uh, exchanges that they had. Uh, it was it was good and like the, the crowd don't the crowd don't react because uh, Differariake, which was uh, Noah's sort of uh, home arena, had roughly the same amount of atmosphere as um, uh, Pluto or the Emirates. So um, <laughs> the crowd, even though this is a light-hearted Christmas match, the crowd don't uh, really um, really react to it very much. But they do. They the commentators try and put it over. Um, uh, Mr. Christmas has uh, the words uh, "Merry Xmas" written on his ass. Yes. And he's um, a man on it as the, well. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I like how he sort of... Because like, basically the joke of this match is it is blatantly uh, Junakiyama. One of my favourite things in wrestling is um, a masked character where it is blatantly obvious who they're meant to be like. Chikara did an, yes. um, an angle where yes. um, uh, this guy this. Archibald Peck lost a loser leaves town match. And then coincidentally, the next show, this yeah. character called the Mysterious and Handsome Stranger turned up and he just used all of Archibald Peck's yeah. offense and then they unmasked him and they were like, it's Archibald Peck, I never would have guessed. Um, so, but you know, Un- Uncle June right. does a good job of uh, sort of masking the fact that it's him. He does some drop kicks, which I don't think he'd like really done many of since about 1992, and uh, te- teases a puncher to the outside. Yeah, I love the fact that he went up and I was at his junior year match going to do a plancha and he went, no, it's the opening, it's the opener, I don't, I don't need to do anything, like, you know, I'm just going to stooge the crowd, it's fine. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, you mentioned about atmosphere. But I am, um, I, I quite... Uh, sorry, you mentioned about atmosphere. Uh, did you, uh, either of you, notice the screaming baby in the crowd? I absolutely did. What I've got written in my <laughs> notes is, um, I think I can hear a crying baby in the crowd. Lol, worked. Well, this is this is a question I want to ask you, right? This was Noah 2011. I don't think they were at their bottom yet, mm-hmm. but they were they were fastly declining. No. Do you think but, they yeah. included the baby in attendance figures? <laughs> Not only do I think they did, I think they inflated <laughs> it so it was like three babies. I, I think they might have included the... Yeah. yeah. I think they might have included the babies prominent as well. Yes. Like, um, um, and possibly it's... it's like. Fair oh, yeah, there was like, there was like six cuddly toys that were included. And do you think that baby was charged full of price for admission? <laughs> Obviously, oh, yeah. yeah. Like You need to pay the legitimate businessman somehow. Uh, what I've, what I've I, got written down yeah. is like, uh, fair play to the little cunt, at least someone's making noise. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I think the only, the only reason he's crying is because he looked at their balance sheet. Um, so, no. I, I do have a good uh, screaming baby anecdote, actually. Um, Please tell us. I, I remember I once, like, I, I, I should probably be very, um, I should be probably very honest and say I, I dislike children. Right? I, I really, I can't handle the idea of having children or anything like that, and like they just shout all the time, and it, and it does my head in. That's not to say, like, you know, there's kids I know who, you know, I like and stuff like that, and that's, you know, that's fine, but the concept of children itself just just rips my in. Nah, fuck them. They're not the future. I went to... They are not the future, exactly. The the children are arseholes, and if there's one thing the world needs less of, it's arseholes. So, um, with that, I remember I was sent to a Fissile Kilmarnock game. Uh, it was last year, um, and they had a minute silence. Oh uh, no! For the game, because um, the like I think the secretary at Kilmarnock had died, and she was also married to I think like a Fissile player or somebody who worked for Fissile or something like that. Oh. So they had a minute silence for her dying, 
and everyone was silent apart from one petulant child who screamed through the whole thing <laughs> and like could be audibly heard around the entire stadium because it's just complete silence and I've never felt so mortified for a person in my life as that parent who had to deal with that like yeah, like this screaming child during a minute's silence because every single person in that stadium was focused on him. Um, and it put me off ever wanting children. So, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I can't say I blame you. I think the baby in this uh, Differariaki was uh, um, appalled by the fact that such a perversy legend as uh, Junakiyama was uh, confined to working in the opener. Like, um, I, I think the baby would have found it uh, sacrilege, uh, personally. Uh, what I like... Do you think he posted about it in wrestling forum? Yeah, yeah, I think he posted about it in wrestling forum and then said, yeah, um, I think I think my birth was... Uh, Kawada would never work an open. Yeah, my, my, my birth was four and, four and a half stars. They used the, four, used the forceps and no sold it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ju- Ju- Uncle June does say Merry Christmas to the fans at uh, one point, which I like. And then even though, um, even though this is a... Christmas-based opening match on a show which, let's be fair, was a very sort of light-hearted affair. There is a DDT on the ramp because it wouldn't be pro wrestling no without <laughs> a stupid bump on the ramp. <laughs> I know because I spent the whole match going, "That's I, yeah, they're, they're working. They're, they're not really doing much. They're not really putting much effort in, as you would if you were Mister Christmas in the opener." And any DDT them head first onto the ramp, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay then." <laughs> Criticism taken on boards. We have a uh, a, a nice uh, flurry of offerings from uh, from Kevin Mask. We have a lovely uh, Tajiri style uh, handspring elbow. That was uh, that was nice, and um, sort of a flurry of offense, uh, flying forearm uh, six one nine, which was uh, that that looked really nice. And uh, at this point, I wanted him to be in the best of the Super Juniors next year. I'm not going to lie, that costume and that was it acrobatic. I was like, just put him in. It'd be better than fucking Taichi. Okay, like I will give props to Taichi for that amazing uh, no contact match with Takamichinoku, but at the same time, I don't think that excuses an entire career of utter bilge. Um, <laughs> Do you remember when Toshiaki Kawada travelled through space and time to kick the fuck out of him? I do. It was uh, it was possibly the highlight of my life to date. Um, so <laughs> Kevin Mask locks in some sort of um, double arm lock. It, I don't know. He looked like he was going for a tarantula, and then it sort of. Uh, I don't quite know how to describe it really, but um, uh, but then Mister um, Christmas, uh, Christmas is up. He feels the uh, the combined power of all the letters to Santa and the uh, the prayers to Jesus or, you know, any of that shite, and uh, fires up with a superplex, a, uh, a bomber yay for some reason. Um, but I don't know if they uh, celebrate Christmas in Kinshasa, but um, <laughs> that's by the by. So, yeah, Mr. Christmas shouts, OK, and uh, um, casting off all pretense that is not, in fact, uh, future Triple Crown champion Junakiyama, he hits an exploder suplex for two, a uh, rather nice-looking axe bomber, and then... Um, uh, unmasks uh, Kevin Mask as um, the uh, junior heavyweight wrestler Kotaro Suzuki, who has wrestled in Carluke in Scotland. Was it? Speaking of Carluke, was it you that told me the Mitsuharu Masawa's first ever match in the UK? Was it? It was the same fucking show, honestly. Yeah, he tagged <laughs> with. Um, uh, Suzuki and uh, Yoshinari Agawa, as I, as I understand it. How much I would give to a crowdfunder 
uh, to have a documentary about Misawa and Carl. Can I change my uh, what would you travel back in time to go and see? <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I'd probably do it as well. I could get the bus there. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, the finish of this match. Obviously, you can't unmask someone uh, even in uh, even in uh, all Japan. So um, Mr. Christmas is uh, disqualified. So um, I think that means Christmas is cancelled according to uh, WWE uh, law. Can you think of um, a worse ending for a light-hearted Christmas opener match? <laughs> uh, because I would think that if you mutilated Mr. Christmas with a spike and opened him up, at least the guy would get a bit of heat. And they, they come out over. I mean, you can't say they wouldn't come out over. This was... I, I was stunned when I... How, I couldn't believe I was like, Mr. Christmas is actually an asshole. Well, you know what it is? He, he was trying to do the... Uh, you know all those cunts in the Daily Mail who... Um, these articles about the true meaning of Christmas? Uh, right, no, fuck off. The true meaning of Christmas... Like, fuck Charlie Brown and all those cunt friends of his. The true meaning of Christmas is whatever you want it to be. Just, like, if you want to just... Don't even pay any attention to Jesus or any of that and just get pissed with your mates, that is absolutely well and good. So I think Mr. Christmas was tapping into the sort of alt-right uh, variation of Christmas, sort of avant la lettre, as it were. The true meaning of Christmas is everyone gets the day off and you get have to do fuck off. Yeah, yeah. that's that's that's, that's the, the fucking message of uh, of this podcast. Um, so yeah, um, uh, Kevin Mask, whoever he is, um, goes over. Um, Christmas is cancelled. There'll there'll be no presents this year. I'll tell the children. <laughs> Um, so, uh, with that in mind, so that, that's your fucking wrestling for this episode of the podcast. Um, so, um, now what we have is a little section that, uh, Daniel has recorded, which I like to call the Queen's Speech. Stop beefing about in that fish's gills, I've told you about that, lad. Yeah, just fucking leave it. No problem. Yep. And the fuck's this? Hello. <clears throat> oh, hello, Harry. Yeah. What's... Right, all right. Deep breaths, love. Deep breaths. Deep... What's wrong? What's wrong? Right, yeah. Swarfigi's in the shed, love. Yeah. Yeah, no, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, do your breathing exercises. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Apply it evenly. Yeah, both hands. Oh, there's a good lad. Yeah. No, not this week. It's uh, but it's a rollover next week. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's open. Anyway, give my love to Megan. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, love. Bye, bye, bye. <clears throat> She's a brazen hussy, that girl. She's no fucking Fergie. I'll tell you that for now. Anyway, um, greetings, subject. Uh, right. Let's get this shit over with for another year, so I can get back to me Bailey's and Scotch eggs. <clears throat> I join you, the little people, today on this the most holy of days as our great country basks in a veritably post-coital glow 
Uh, as we speak, my government's crack team of Brexit negotiators are deep in talks with Sealand and the Cayman Islands to establish a new trading bloc that will rival that of anything we've had previously with our European neighbours. Um, in related news, none other than David Davis himself has just sent me a Snapchat message informing we we are officially handing back the north of Ireland to the mix. Uh, that will take place in August. Uh, and in November, the Home Secretary confirmed that the government is on track to meet its target to liquidate all millennials by 2019. Um, but don't worry, on the streets, the homeless and the spice addicted can be seen linking arms and singing the national anthem in a show of British blitz spirit. Uh, not even waifs and strays will be left behind in the glorious new dawn of Britain 2.0. From Granada to New Zealand to Leighton Buzzard, the Commonwealth, the mood, it is buoyant. Uh, well, as buoyant as Robert Maxwell in a boating holiday. Anyway, dear subjects, I hear you cry. Madge, you big Liz, you big fuck-off lizard parasite. I can hear you scream out over the birds I'm a sally. You've got sat in your fetid little lap in that shit tip of a bedsit you call a home. What of wrestling in 2017? Well, um, I have a few notes here, if I can just uh, partake. <clears throat> Uh, so, uh, yeah, the first one just says Shibata, mad bastard, car park fight, get well soon. Not sure what that's about. Um, although I do know that uh, Shibata had the best match I saw in Japan this year against uh, Kazuchika Okada. Um, I actually think that um, it was far, far superior to the much overhyped Kenny Omega. Uh, we'll come to him later. Um, encounter, well, the several encounters that they had throughout the year. I'm thinking in particular of the Wrestle Kingdom match and the follow-up hour-long draw. If that's what you like in your wrestling, that's absolutely fine. But to me, it's um, far too self-conscious of its own epicness. Um, and it's not really worked because of Omega in a style that I can really get into. So I wasn't as down um, on that match as um, you know it, it might seem at first. It's just not for me. I am, however, down on Omega. Um, Omega and the Bullet Club um, have um, essentially, as you'll hear in another part of this show, um, basically ruined my love of wrestling in a large, uh, to a large extent. Um, guys, even guys that I quite like, like Marty Skrull, um, as soon as they get involved in that, it just makes me lose all interest in them. Um, so um, if you are buying Bullet Club merchandise, if you are watching that abysmal post-ironic fucking nonsense shows on YouTube, stop it, okay? Become the old man shaking his fist at a cloud, okay? Much fucking better. History will absolve you. Anyway, it says next, segue into chat about the dome match, but I've done that. Um, Roman Reigns. He had a fucking funny year, didn't he? Um, so he won the Rumble. Uh, he went on to Mania. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> that didn't really work out so well. Um, the Undertaker thing, we'll, we'll not dwell on that too much because I don't want to upset too many people that have still got that in the back of their minds, but fuck me. Um, it reminded me a little bit that match of, um, do you remember when Ricky Gervais um, and Grant Bovey, um, the C-list celebrity Grant Bovey, I believe once a bow um, of um, another C-list celebrity, they had this charity boxing match. Well, it was a bit like that if someone had done like charity choreographed fighting, except one guy was really, really, really trying his best and the other guy was you know, too old to try his best. It was fucking grim. It was like when you go and hang out with your granddad, you know, a few weeks before you think he might be about to pass on when he's not well. Um, anyway, let's hope that doesn't happen in real life. We've had quite enough of that this year, um, which leads me on to saying, uh, rest in peace, Lance Russell, the wonderful, wonderful, dearly missed and departed uh, commentator of the Memphis Territory. In, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling commentator of all time. Um, a wonderful, kindly, grandfatherly figure with a real wonderful moral compass that you could set your fucking watch to. Um, that doesn't work as a, as a metaphor, but I'm pissed. It's the Baileys. Anyway, I, um, 
God bless you, Lance Russell. You were the greatest wrestling commentator of all time. You could make people believe in things um, that were completely over the top, completely ridiculous. Um, so um, I think that's a great talent. And uh, Memphis is one of my favorite um, sort of runs of television of all time. So you will be dearly, dearly missed. We fucking loved you. Anyway. Other than that, um, Big Japan and All Japan kept up the man-fighting hate slabs this year. Um, in particular, All Japan um, is back back on track um, in a uh, in a big way, to be honest. Um, I think that's in no small part down to it quite simply having this um, rather kind of um, bizarre um, kind of um, approach to pro wrestling in which they just put on really fucking good matches that actually build, um, that actually build and actually require a small amount of patience, perhaps, um, um, for at the start, but once you get to know um, the way that these um, these guys actually um, put matches together, once you be able to get used to um, some of the um, the members of the roster's kind of little quirks and, and things like that, you actually get towards um, something which is pretty special at the moment in, in all Japan. And as you'll know from listening to this program, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> super beer for the working man. Mm. That's pretty important to us, um, is All Japan as a promotion. Um, we've covered it frequently. It was, at one point, the greatest um, on the planet. Um, at the moment, you've got the likes of Kento Miyahara, um, who on top there doing fantastic, fantastic work. Um, so that was great to see. And Big Japan, what do you say about Big Japan? In between the utter bonkersness, um, you've always got the um, wonderful, fantastic sight of a bunch of big, fat, roidy lads, or just a bunch of guys that are a bit gutty, smashing the ever-loving shit out of each other. Again, that's pretty much wrestling, right? Um, yeah, so... Outside of that, Lucha continued to deliver completely fucking bonkers brawls, um, including um, uh, quite a few um, for um, independent promotions, again, following on from last year. We had the uh, Rush feud, um, once again, um, taking centre stage for La Park, um, who's one of my favourite wrestlers of all time. And LA Park, I believe you're, uh, you're meant to say now. Um, there was also the wonderful Relampago um, doing the, um, the rounds as well, um, against um, Impossible in a wonderful feud, um, many of which were um, taken can place him in the arena um, Narcopan and places like that um, for IWRG. Well worth checking out on YouTube. Bloody hate-filled brawls, uh, which you'll know is one of my favourite fucking things in all of Lucha. The Queen approves. Um, and um, perhaps, I think, um, um, this year, unfortunately, because there was so much other good stuff, uh, that's going to be knocked out of my uh, match of the year um, in terms of the top five. But it was fucking phenomenal, was that feud. Check that out, the Recompalgo and um, Impossibly feud. Outside of that, my match of the year was Chip Day um, against Trevor Lee in CWF Mid-Atlantic. Um, for my money, this was actually as close as we've come on the American independent circuit, probably since the days of Ring of Honor, but I think subtly better um, than those early days to a Kings Road or Japan-style build of a match. Um, Chip Day doesn't look much, but the guy can work his fucking arse off. He's a very sympathetic lady face, and Trevor Lee was the fucking man in CWF Mid-Atlantic during his title run. Quite simply, I think, um, one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world, largely because when he works for other companies, he has to do a lot of shit. Uh, but in CWF MA, it's an old-school promotion, NWA style almost, which is fitting, considering it was part of it. And, yeah, just an incredible match. Five stars if I gave out snowflakes all the fucking way. Kurt Angle, he has a big, pulsating red head that looks a lot like Bellend. Uh, Bobby Roode and uh, Roderick Strong had my favourite rivalry of the year. Uh, proper 80s style, um, rich, spoilt, arrogant, uh, uh, have, has it all against um, a guy that's come from very modest background. Never thought Roddy had much of a personality before that, even though he was an incredible wrestler. Uh, but that was my feud of the year. And the match they had on NXT for the title was fucking phenomenal, the first one. 
Uh, what have we got here? Oh, yeah. Carry Sane is uh, my second favourite kind of semen. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, in Germany, Ilya Dragunov proved once and for all that communism will win. Um, and that was probably my joint match of the year, was the uh, WXW 24-karat gold final, in which he took on uh, Walter, who's, again, I think, one of the most underrated workers in the world. This was, again, a match which you have to see if you've not seen it. This was the spirited... Um, yeah, kind of ugly for a blowjob baby face, so no offence, but, um, you know, he's not exactly um, Ricky Morton in his prime. Um, he's more Robert Gibson in his prime, to be honest, but fuck me. Um, what an incredible match that was. Just hard-hitting, um, really, really, really wonderful psychology. They knew when to put the right spots in. You've never seen people pop to a fucking sleeper hold like that in all of your life when it was just a way to sort of bring the crowd down. Perfect stuff. And outside of that... I'd like a special note to extend to a young British athlete, William Osprey, who might as also proudly brought home Britain's first gold medal in the Olympic prancing tournament. Uh, we hope this example encourages other young prancers to take up this great sport, because let's be honest, wrestling just gets in the way of flips and hastily redacted tweets about men's rights activism. Uh, anyway, I'll let you get back to your joyless, hateful little existences for now. Uh, tonight I will dine exclusively on mace-shaped truffles and the blood of the workers. Piss off! So we now bring you on to the next segment of our uh, Christmas special, which is uh, something we like to call the uh, Stardom Streamer Olympics. I must add at this point, we were going to do an episode on the uh, Stardom uh, Five Star Grand Prix um, with our uh, our friends uh, Sarah and uh, Luke Healy, uh, staff writers on I Maintain the Double Footstomp and Silly.com. That's I Maintain the Double Footstomp and Silly.com. But unfortunately, um, my part didn't record because um, my computer didn't have enough memory on its hard drive, so it just stopped recording after like. Like 15 minutes. I've deleted all the scat porn off of my hard drive, so like now we're good. Alright, so all right, instead all right, there's of no a, porn on it, there's no porn allegedly, there's no porn on it. So, what we're going to do now, in lieu of a full rundown of the Stardom 5 Star Grand Prix, we're going to do what we like to call the Stardom Streamer Collecting Olympics. And as you may have noticed, if you are a, f a uh, fan of uh, World Wondering Stardom, the uh, noted Joshi slash Idol promotion, they have a good line in uh, streamer collecting because, as is traditional in Purosu, the uh, people lower down the card, the uh, the young lions, shall we, shall we say, are uh, deputised to collect the streamers that are thrown to commemorate the wrestlers and all, all of that jazz. So what we're going to do, we are going to choose four of the women who are... Uh, preeminent in stardom streamer collecting in 2017 and we are going to rank their attempts i should put um give props to uh john.gif on uh, twitter who also runs i believe the joshi mm. city account who is the person who um was doing a little thing like this on twitter um but it was an idea i had so previously so you know. <laughs> yeah exactly it's a bit like uh newton and leibniz uh inventing calculus it's at exactly the same time like you know yeah, yeah, no one can claim credit. It's just a really good idea that two great minds happen to have. So what we're going to do is rank uh, in in the same vein as um, Olympic gymnastics yep. judges the relative ability of stardom undercarders at collecting streamers. Uh, I must add at this point that um, our favourite streamer collector of all time, uh, Jungle Kiona, has uh, sadly um, advanced too far in her career in stardom, and she's too important now to actually correct, yeah. uh, collect streamers, which is a shame because she was yeah, really yeah. good at it. That's what happens when you uh, get trained by Papa Bubba Diop and it has truth <laughs> instead of Val. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say on the episode, actually. I thought that um, she was called Jungle Kiona, and it would be some sort of... One of these weird, problematic yeah. Japanese things where they're being very Orientalist in terms of, like, um, sort of third-world cultures. Um, but actually, she did spend two years as a volunteer PE teacher in Senegal. Ah, really? Yeah, so that's, like, that's really nice. Yeah. So she came out with the Senegal flag. I was like, why Senegal? But, uh, yeah, she actually uh, did. She's a bit of a unit as well yeah. in um, in uh, comparison to Papa Booba Diop. So, um, okay, so our first, um, we're going to go from the um, Stardom Show, first couple of streamer collectors, from the 19th of August uh, 2017, so the first day of the Five Star Grand Prix. So what we have first is uh, Natsuko Tora is our first contestant. Now, Natsuko Tora is a sort of, I guess, spiritual successor to Jungle Kiona. She is a member of the uh, loose conglomeration known as Team Jungle, which is basically, I would describe as a gang of big burly women who like throwing people around. So it's got um, Jungle Kiona, Natsuko Tora, um, Hiroya Matsumoto, and uh, Koro Yonayama. So, you know, a lot of fairly well-built women who like going to the gym and are doing exploder suplexes Sounds and all that like shit. Sounds like a quiet night in for Daniel. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, um... So what we're going to do is rank them all out of ten and then see who has the uh, the most points. So um, Natsuko Tora, Daniel, do you want to go first? Yeah, uh, well, um, Natsuko comes in here with a lovely little um, kind of. It's, I would describe it as a as a swoosh, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> in term. terms of, of its action, um, and um, oh, she gets ever so much purchase on the swoosh. Uh, so um, I thought it was a, a wonderful clearance, uh, very efficient. Um, but also, I thought um, um, quite entertaining as well. A bit like Germans. Um, so uh, I, the country of Germany. Um, so um, I thought I would. I'm going to give this uh, 7.5 out of 10. Ooh, okay. I am Nazi Cortona, the German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, but now I do not come out with the techno music now. <laughs> after, after all, stardom is the land of chocolate. <laughs> it is. Sorry, we were talking about streamers. That was ten minutes ago. That's, that's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what are we doing with our lives? David, would you, would you like to um, give your opinion on Daniel's given a seven point five? What about what about you? How would you say um, Natsuko San uh, uh, ranks in terms of streaming? Later? See, I, I appreciated the the effort. I appreciate the technique. She no no faff straight down the middle. Wasn't using the wings no. or anything like that. Because I know. I mean, no, no. I, as a Fistle fan, I spent years of my life watching them trying to fucking hoof it down the wings and feeling miserably, and sometimes you just want it right down the middle, just fucking right in, and then bang into the, bang into the top corner. So she took off the majority of the streamers. However, I did take off points because Kaylee Ray had to shake some of them off. <laughs> she had to shake them off and throw them away. So she did have That's to rely true. on help from others. So, you know, it's not a pure streamer clean, but... You know, I appreciate no, the technique, even if I didn't produce yeah. the best results. But sometimes, you know, like Fissel, you can have all the technique in the world, you don't get the results, but it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, yeah. So, if you had to give it a rating out of 10, what would you say? Oh, uh, I'm going to... I originally had it as a 6, but I'm going to artificially elevate it up to 7. Okay, nice. Okay, so um, I'd go for 7 as well. What I appreciated about... Um, so you you actually often see on like Instagram uh, Jungle Kiona and Natsuko Tora uh, working out. Natsuko Tora is one of those people on the Stardom roster I always think is like still at school, but she's actually like in her mid twenties. And uh, 
She likes pumping iron, and she's like, this is all relative, but she's one of the bigger wrestlers on the Stardom roster. Yeah. What she, uh, what I really appreciated is uh, she used her hands to get a lot of the streamers, but she also sort of uh, slid in sideways, so she used her whole body to um, uh, collect a lot of the yeah, streamers as well, so she kind of uh, swept yes, a lot that, of them that, that, that's, what I was, that's what I enjoyed. Yeah. She's very, uh, she uses the um, uh, her body in a very efficient manner when getting rid of the, the streamers, and I appreciate that. Yeah, so I would say maybe... I'm going to go for a 7 as well. So um, 7 out of 10, 7.57, making a 21.5 out of 30. For, uh, and that's Kotoro, good start. So um, our next contestant is a um, friend of the podcast, um, uh, Chris Wolf from the same show, 19th of August 2017, uh, from the Kagetsu versus Hiromi Momoa match. I'm really glad, because basically I wanted to include Chris Wolf, but the thing is about Chris is she is slightly too high on the card to be doing a lot of collecting except for um Oedo tie matches yeah so um the thing is i knew that i was like okay at one point this calendar year me and sarah had watched a match where chris wolf collected the streamers and i was trying to remember which one it was and i couldn't for the life of me um think which and i'm really glad i was just going on stardom world streaming service which is a very good streaming service so you can find for um a Quite low amount of yen, I'd recommend it. For the discerning gentleman. <laughs> For the discerning gentleman, Stardom World. Uh, I was trying to find, uh, like, remember which matches uh, and shows of Stardom we had watched and which ones would be likely to have Chris Wolf collecting at the streamers. Because I remember she had a really unorthodox technique where she collects them with her feet. Yes. And I didn't want to type Chris Wolf feet into Google. No. Um, or, or worse still, um, tweet at Chris Wolf saying, "I remember a match where you um, oh God, collected no. the streamers with your feet. Uh, would you be able to tell me which one it was?" Oh yeah. Now, the thing is, I don't even have a foot fetish. <laughs> no, no, we have. Uh, stunningly, we have actually discussed foot fetishes on this podcast before. Um, twice, I think. We have. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, as we, we, are, we are anti. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Well, I mean, we're not like into um, kink shaming, but like, no, no, I no, don't... no, 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 I am, I am. <laughs> <laughs> kink, I am. It's one of these Gordian knot problems. Like, what if kink shaming is your kink? Um, but like, I, I like feet not being a particularly attractive part of the body, huh. and I, I wouldn't want uh, anyone on the internet, even on someone think. as 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 lovely as Chris Wolf, I would still be like. I'm not sure of the feet are my jam. She also wrestles barefoot as well, so there's that. But yeah. I was very pleased to actually uh, happen upon this. Um, uh, Chris Wolf collecting the streamers for the Kigetsu Hiromi Momo match. Um, I'm going to be honest, I thought this was... Um, thing is, Chris Wolf is very um, unorthodox in terms of a wrestling technique. And also in her, like, her life, her personal story is uh, really inspiring. You know, she um, uh, split up with her fiancé and wanted a new start. So she moved to Japan, and then she sort of found out about wrestling. She wasn't particularly a fan. And then she thought, yeah, I'll do that. And she actually is the first um, gaijin woman to be trained from scratch in a Japanese dojo. And I think that's really inspiring. So she's really a person who, um, in terms of Japanese society being quite uh, conventional, particularly in terms of gender norms, uh, she's someone who really plows her own furrow. And I think you actually see that in terms of her streamer collecting technique. Because I don't know about you guys, I thought this was fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 See, this is the the absolute opposite of the Natsuko Toda, where with Toda, I appreciated the technique, even if it didn't produce the best results. Whereas here, the technique I thought was a bit off, but it produced a great result. She got, did a better job than Natsuko Tora did. And 
yeah, she just totters across the ring and collects him with her feet. That that that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a. What I like about um about Chris Wolf's technique is that um she she has this weird like um anthropomorphic style um uh, thing that she applies to everything. Uh, so um, yeah, kind of yeah. As, as if she's almost like trotting or like whatever you might yeah, you know, like, like, uh, a, like a, a small vole or something like that across a field. Yes, or... she's very shrew-like. Yes, uh, but not in a, actually, actually, <laughs> no, no, that, that, no, that sounds bad. The, the um, other, I love you, I love you, Chris. <laughs> the the Come other, back. the other comparison I was going to make was Wiley Coyote when he's setting up a trap. Yes. Yes, yes, that's really a, good. A, a, coyote, a coyote is definitely better than a shrew in this instance. Yes. yes. <laughs> Uh, if you take one thing away from this podcast, is that a coyote is better than a shrew. Yeah, I mean, for years, and, for years, right, shrews for me were kind of a um, a flan and a quiche situation, in which I was like, right, well, it, you know, because I was like, well, you've got your, your 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 shrew, but then you've got your vole, and really, what's the <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I'm not a zoologist, so I, w- I wouldn't be able to say what I poker. If Pokemon has told us anything, is that shrew evolves into slash. And therefore can play some pretty good guitar while on like a hell of a lot of drugs. <laughs> so there's that. Um, I, what I like. Oh, about, I only understand half that joke. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like um, Chris Wolf's technique, um, it, we've sort of we've sort of da- danced around it. Chris Wolf's technique is she kind of collects the streamers with her feet, um, and uh, she actually does really well because like this, I I kind of get the feeling she has like genuinely practiced quite a lot of this, like do a bit of party piece uh, for the starving yeah. fans, try and get herself over. But not only does she collect the streamers with her feet, she sort of baseball slides out of the ring in sort of the same motion. Yeah. So she actually collects yeah. up the streamers that she missed. So actually, even though she's not even using her hands for anything, she does collect up most of the streamers. So I'm going to actually go large and give her a nine. I don't know about you guys. See, I originally gave her a 9, and then I'm pumping everything up by 1, so I gave her a 10. Ooh, okay, nice. Uh, I also am going to give her a 10. Um, Ooh. Partly, partly because she's Chris Wolf. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And as we said at the start, I do have a little bit of a crush on her, and I think she's really good. But also because um, I found that this was, yeah, as David said, it blended um, efficiency, technique, um, and um, that's really the apex of, um, of, of, of human expression. So, yeah, <laughs> ten. Yeah, good. Okay, so... As well as that, just yeah. before we go on, I just wanted to mention that a vole has rounded eyes and body and yes. is reddish or brown and black in colour for the underside, but a shrew is a pointed snout. <laughs> totally not reading that off Wikipedia. I'm actually looking at shrews now, um, and they're brilliant, um, although they're sometimes quite terrifying. Um, but yeah, um, then obviously you've got your water vole, which further complicates things. Anyway, let's um, let's carry on. Welcome to the Rodent Perry podcast. As, a, <laughs> as an addendum to this, actually, one of my mates who is now a like quite notable professional actor, he was in a production of The Taming of the Shrew at university. He was playing ah, yeah. uh, P- Petruchio, who is like the male lead of it, and the girl who was playing uh, Kate in the play mm-hmm. completely forgot her like last couple of pages of lines in the final scene and she like completely blanked on it and she was just standing there really awkwardly and then my 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 mate thinking on his feet just went 
Thus have I tamed the shrew, and that was the end of the play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Shakespeare expert, so I don't know if that's the actual last line of the play, but, like, if it isn't, it should be. That is yeah. incredible. <laughs> From the 19th of August, we now go on uh, three months later in time to the uh, 19th of November 2017 show uh, to uh, run our eye across a couple of a couple more streamer collectors. So the first one is uh, Shiki Shibasawa, who is uh, collecting the streamers for the... Uh, uh, Hiromi Momura versus Simura Natsu match on this show. So um, I've got some opinions on Shiki Shibasawa, but I want to know about uh, you guys first. What do you think of her streamer collecting technique? I sense some hesitation in her movement. I used yeah, yeah. I said that she was a bit mealy-mouthed and picking them up. Uh, <laughs> but it's all credit to her. She does get the job done. You can't, I can't say further on that. She does get it job done. I feel like um, that in order for one to perfect the art of streamer collecting, one must strike true. And firm. Yes. You need to have a sense of confidence about yourself. Yeah, yeah. The the, the aforementioned hesitation did um did dent the viewing experience for me somewhat. Uh, I have to say, um, it's uh, I, I I wanted her to make me believe uh, that she uh that, 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 that you know that she that she was going to do it, but um it's it's not as um, forthright and kind of um, expressive as the other ones. Uh, so I, I wasn't as impressed, I'm afraid. Yeah, I think it's about Shiki Shibisawa. I think she's someone who they hired because she's a, like, you know, quite you know, nice-looking lady. I, I, I don't think it's... Uh... For sexy reasons, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not out of order to um, assert that stardom sort of does hire women uh, you know, based on their uh, physical attractiveness. I don't, I don't think that's a, a controversial statement. They don't make any bones about that. Though, no, not at all. Like, it's on their website. And to be fair to them, like, they're not like Louis in 2010. They will hire attractive women, but at the same time, they will teach them to wrestle well. They will not just yeah. say, okay, you, you know her like a hair pull on a Luther's press and that's it. Um, yeah. So uh, Shiki Shibasawa is someone who I think she can be a good wrestler in the um, in the future. At the same time, I think from the matches of her I've seen, she does seem a bit like a baby deer in that she's, uh, she's a bit hesitant, like you say, David, and she's not quite sure of what to do the other thing is weirdly that she's like uh she's like 27 so she's quite uh i mean she wouldn't even be allowed into ajw back in the day <laughs> because yeah. she'd uh she'd she'd all, already cool. have been older than the uh, retirement age mm. so uh yeah like you say she's a bit hesitant i think what you need to do is like a bit more like jungle kiona is you really need to put your back into it and show a bit of a turn of speed so yes. she kind of sort of um crawls over to the streamers and um there's also a big clump of excess streamers left behind after the uh, the first motion, as it were. Um, so I think she kind of needs to commit in the same way that... But, like, there's there's a lot of people who, when they first start to become wrestlers, in the same way that we talked about Nia Jax in our WrestleMania special, uh, Nia Jax is clearly a nice person who doesn't want to hurt people. And early yeah. in her career, she was a bit um, hesitant about laying in her strikes. And I think Shiki yeah, Shibasawa, like... Um, Give her like six more months, I think she'll sort of get more interesting and think, okay, these are tough women I'm wrestling, they can take it. But at the same, um, at present, her streamer collecting technique um, sort of reflects her hesitancy in, in terms of wrestling, so I'd have to give her a four, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I, w I was thinking five, five, yeah, I think five I'm going to go for. See, five. she did get the job done, which is, at the end of the day, you need to get them off, so, um, and as well as that, you need to clear the streamers. So, um, yeah, I gave it a six. Okay, okay. Because she did better than Tora. She did, she did do a bit, and that's kind of where I, I took it in, but, yeah, you're right with the hesitation. I can't really mark her less than Tora, purely because she did a better job. 
Uh, no, true, true, true. Yeah. So, six. Okay, so we've got a good uh, range of uh, marks across the board, so we give her a, uh, a 15 out of 30, I believe. It's, 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 it's a good score. It's a, it's a, like, a respectable score. A respectable exactly. score. Mid-table. It's neither here nor there. It's it's enough for a 2-2, I believe, in uh, university terms. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. A Desmond, as they call it. A Desmond, yes. <laughs> Okay, so our, our final uh, streamer collector, we'll see if we uh, she can overhaul um, Chris Wolf's 29 out of 30. I think it's a bit of a, a, a big ask, but uh, we're going to go for um, Starlight Kid again on the 19th of November 2017 show. Um, collecting streamers in the tag title match between um, the Oedo Tai unit of Kagetsu and um, Hanakamura against uh, B. Priestley and uh, Kelly Klein. So uh, what do we think of Starlight Kid's efforts? Pedestrian. Yeah, this this was a little bit. Um, it was a bit. Um, what what's the word for this? Um, it was a little bit of a letdown, to be honest. I think because I was expecting from what I've seen of Starlight Kid before, um, I was expecting um, a little bit more, a little bit more pizzazz and spice. Um, and what I got was a little bit mundane. No, not enough razzle dazzle. It, yeah, yeah. It was it was very much. It was very jacket and jeans. You know those blokes that wear jacket and jeans? Yeah. Like those weird... And they're, and they're just always really boring men. Do like, I know those blokes? I am those blokes. <laughs> but, like, um, you know, like... Uh, it, was, it was very kind of down-the-line mundane. Like, you know, not... not it, it didn't set my heart on fire. I don't know what you mean, yeah. Um, what I would say is that... Um, in giving my grade, I've made allowances for the fact that um, Starlight Kid is like a thirteen-year-old girl. Well, I think that you've, I think the only reason you've done that, George, is because you're a fucking snowflake pussy. Um, <laughs> we should we should bring back national service, um, and we should bring back mines and mills that maim children's hands, and then let's see how quickly she picks up those fucking streets. I'm, I'm just trying to be like uh, <laughs> compassionate, being being a good uh, being a, a good leftist. No, there's, there's no time for that, George. Not now. Like, no, not not now. We need to foment the revolution. There's a war. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm going to send you to the Falklands and toughen you up. <laughs> I say the thing about Starlight Kid is she is literally a kid. It's not like Dynamite Kid who was calling himself that well into his thirties. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to make allowances for the fact that um, even by the standards of the Stardom roster, where you have Hiromu Murva, who I'm not kidding is like four foot eight. Um, yeah, Starlight Kid is really small. Um, yeah. So I will say that she does a good job of um, you know like the the sort of the thing people always say about Paul Heyman is he knows how to maximise people's strengths and minimise their weaknesses. Yeah. I would say Starlight Kid, um, she after she sort of gets the first uh, load of streamers collected up, she did this nice sort of swirly hand technique where she um, she uh, runs her hand around the arena and sort of collects them all up in a sort of circular motion. Yeah. So I appreciated that she's sort of compensating for her relative lack of size. I mean, she's not like... Um, She's really at a, on a hiding to the thing when you compare her with someone like Jingle Kiona, who was like a literal fucking um, uh, hammer thrower. <laughs> like, that's her athletic background. Um, yeah, she does the best she can, so I give her a five. I don't know about you guys. See, I noticed, I noticed the spiral as well. The other thing I noticed is that when they were on the... You know, when there was, like, streamers in the ropes... And she had it. She was quite, quite wet enough where she snapped them. So she grabbed a bit of them, and the rest of them fell. So she could clean it up. Instead of just trying to pull them off, she just snapped all in half, and it all fell off. And she got it in a nice pile. I appreciated that. Um, so yeah, it was a bit pedestrian, but I mean, she has like thirteen. Um, 
she should be like, enjoying her life instead of picking up fucking streamers. So I gave it a seven. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick a number, if I had to pick a number, I'd, um, pick a number, any number. I'm, 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 I'm gonna give a six. I'm gonna give a six because okay, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not an ogre. Um, you know, um, I do. Have no, a I mean that that is uh, actually not some fucking random D and D D and D character. Um, yeah, that's the thing about um, Starlight Kid, like. Sometimes in uh, when you watch Stardom, you look at these. Uh, it, it's quite funny because like you basically get like um, high school students who are basically wrestling as a hobby, yeah. and um, it's just something they do to like keep fit and have a bit of fun. But they end up on like fucking comic and all cards. It's <laughs> um, not a thing in uh, with unis where they have like wrestling clubs at uni and they put on their own wrestling shows. Yeah, like, um, Togi Makabe, I know Tanahashi started out at his, like, university's pro wrestling club. Togi Makabe used to wrestle under the name Terry Fuck. That <laughs> is his university club. Terry uh, Yeah, they Fuck. do, they do that. And you get the feeling, like, I don't know if a Starlight Kid's gonna, like, she's gonna get to 18 and she's gonna, like, go off to university or get married or something. But, like, um, it's quite weird that they have this sort of children's division in uh, stardom. And uh, they learn some, like, basic wrestling moves and stuff. But, like, at the same time, one thing they do get good at is uh, streamer collecting. So I can give props to uh, Starlight Kid for uh, doing that. After all, she got uh, 18 to 30. It's a 2-1. It might be adjudicated yeah. by the University Academic Committee, but, like, it is a 2-1. So. Not, the, not, the, not the notorious... The notorious adjudication board. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> they're basically like the Spanish Inquisition of academia. They're like, yeah, they're like the Premier League goal panel. <laughs> I, I did tell you about my idea of like a film along the lines of Twelve Angry Men and filmed in the exact same style, but it's about the Premier League dubious <laughs> goal panel. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so um, with with regard to uh, the uh, Strama, uh, Get Strama. Get in! Sorry, City have just scored in the eighth third minute. Sorry. Oh, brilliant! Oh, who Cut all this. Uh, we're playing West Ham, so I've 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 I've, I've had it like on on another on another tab, uh, and I, I'm sorry. No, to be fair, see when we were what uh, we were doing that stardom review, I was watching the Scotland game um, where they where they won. Um, yeah, so it, it's all right because cut all this because I actually said the word drama, which I don't think is even a word in Scots. So like I'm gonna um, okay, let me collect myself and uh, give the uh, the results out. Okay, so uh, with that in mind, I would like to, uh, in reverse order, give the uh, the uh, rankings of the Stardom Streamer Collection Olympics. So in fourth place, we have Shiki Shibashawa with uh, 15 out of 30. Sean Connery's favourite so... um, wrestler of all time, <laughs> Shiki Shibashawa. Shiki Shibashawa. Um, in third place, in getting the uh, the bronze medal, we have Starlight Kid with 18 out of 30. Uh, second place, silver medal, Natsuko Tora with a creditable 21 and a half out of 30. And um, streaking away with the gold medal, we have the lovely Chris Wolf with 29 out of 30. Well done. Yeah. I mean, that is an absolute very, blowout. So, uh, very, well I, mean, done. I, I, yeah, I think she'll probably, you know, compared to the other titles that she's won, this is probably the most important. Okay, good. So, um, on to our, I guess, uh, final segment. So now that uh, Daniel has done his Queen's speech, um, what I think we should do is a little sort of uh, quick round table discussion about what are our Christmas wishes for uh, 2018, what are we going to pray to our Lord and Saviour, Father Christmas, uh, for him to bestow upon us in the new year? So, uh, David, do you want to start? Um, well, my first wish is something that's not necessarily as pertinent now, um, but 
I still feel it's a pressing matter for myself. My number one main wish for 2018 is for Sushi not to die. Because um, even though he's retired, it's a bit of a, he's a bit of a wild one. I, I, can, I, can, I can see him, you know, um, he, he could pop it at any point because he's a I've, mad bastard. I've actually mm. just seen on uh, Twitter a couple of hours ago when we, uh, like five days ago when we first started recording this episode, at Sushi Anita... Um, Giving someone a power driver through a table, like picture the man who retired five weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is exactly the sort of thing I'm worried about. Yeah, um, it, it happens every year, and um, I wish for it every year. Um, but for the love of God, don't die, Sushi Anita. Like, I, I couldn't deal with it. You've overcome so much in your life, like all those like exactly. barbed wire double hell matches, and um, that time he like did a promo and then jumped in the river to celebrate and then it turned out like the river was like massively really dodgy polluted, and like yeah. massively polluted all his cuts got infected and he nearly died yeah he got hep C didn't he I think he got hep C and he was in a hostel for now, that, was, that was a that was from Abdullah the Butcher allegedly he got something like really really bad from it like like hep C level badness and he was in hostel for like three months because mm, I remember guy. afterwards um, a month later, he was in a school video warning people about sharing needles uh, for to write during the HIV, HIV um, fear pandemic. Um, he did a video about like, um, like safe practices and avoiding infection and stuff like that. Despite the fact the man jumped oh, in a nice. fucking polluted river. Uh, okay, <laughs> lovely. So, Atsushi Anita, like, don't die in 2018 or you, no. you will have betrayed us royally. Um, I have a, um, I think we can take as read the, the, the fact that, um, there's so much lazy anti-Trump humour going around on, uh, on Twitter. Like, like, we know he's a cunt. Like, you don't <laughs> need to make it be the basis of every single one of your gags. Having said that, I... I'm sure none of us would take it amiss if my first Christmas wish was for Donald Trump to drop dead of that massive fucking coronary that he has had coming since about the 80s. I've, I've got, I've, I've been thinking about this, and I think we should enter, we, the, the best way to get rid of him would be to enter him into a tournament of death. <laughs> um, Donald Trump versus and, Jimmy Havoc, book it, DJ. And just have, like, Abdullah Kobayashi actually murder him. I would like that. Um, the the other the other thing I've got now we can like just say that like Donald Trump deserves to die. This is axiomatic with the uh, Purpuri podcast ethos. Uh, what I would like to say is that I want to sort of call up Gado, and I know I know he speaks rudimentary English, so that's fine. I want to call up Gado and tell him not every single New Japan ev- main event needs to be over thirty minutes. Because I I know there's there are like there are matches where they pack enough content into uh, a long amount of time. Like I know I know you guys maybe aren't necessarily as big a fan of um, Jack Briscoe versus Dory Funk matches from the seventies that I am. But at the very least, you sense that they know they've got an hour and they're going to pace out the match that they can uh, they can fill it. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that. Kazuchika Okada versus Evil needed to be like 35 minutes from uh, New Japan this year. I don't know about you guys. No. Um, uh, I, 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 I hardly think any match needs to be that long. <laughs> um, I'm quite into short matches these days. Well, um, I mean... 20 minutes is the... the, the yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a, that's yeah, a I know point, what you mean. Because um, I, I, I see your point and I... Uh, um, 
I present for exhibit Kenta versus Ricky Marvin. It's like three and a half minutes long, and it's one of the best matches yes. of all time. It's so so good. Like it, it was the absolute, you know, crystallization of the point that you know matches don't necessarily. It's not about how long you have; it's about how you use it. Uh, same as at Goldberg Lesnar. That was what like five minutes. And that was one of the best matches of the year. It was amazing, yeah. Yeah, no, I would say that. I mean, the silver lining is that they didn't have um, Okada versus Bad Luck Fale go that long. Like, I love Bad Luck Fale. I think he's good in his role. He seems like a really nice guy. I love that YouTube video of him just playing ukulele in the laundromat for, like, uh, 30 seconds. I've, I've, I've met him. He's lovely. He is a really nice guy, and he's, he's very good in his role as sort of, mm. like massive um force of nature human conquers guy but i, had one, I don't... The, um, I had one of nakamura's best ever matches oh is that the one where nakamura got accidentally busted open yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but i don't need to see bad luck Fale in a, a 30 minute match and as i say like in a i think in episode nine i talked about a match which i watched from like 1997 98 misawa versus kabashi and they went for 40 minutes and honestly i thought the first 20 minutes was quite boring and they're two mm. of the greatest wrestlers of all time I mean, what I realised when watching the Stardom 5 Star Grand Prix, as I mentioned earlier, there were so many matches which were between 5 and 10 minutes, and they were just... You could just eat them like popcorn. Yeah. And they were just, like, nice, simple, good psychology, well-constructed matches. And you could just enjoy them and just see them off. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm going to have to invest, like, so much intellectual labour in, uh, in yeah. you know, a New Japan pay-per-view show which goes, like, five hours. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I generally watch New Japan pay-per-views, like, a month or two afterwards. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm woefully behind. I mean, I mean, like, it's it's ridiculous. I'm still waiting to see who wins the New Japan Cup. I'm hoping Shibata gets that. Um, <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> um, like, yeah, I'm, I'm woefully behind. Oh. Like, the G1 every year is just a write-off for me. I never watch the G1 just purely because no, I, don't. I, I can't do it. Like, I, 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 watch, I watch the final sometimes. Yeah. Um, and any anything else that grabs me. But... I watched the G1 this year, and honestly, I'm not doing it again because, like... Um, you know the you know the expression too much of a good thing. Yeah. Like um, y- there's so many like they're really good matches. Don't get me wrong. Like four four and a quarter four and a half star matches. If you were gonna grade it on the Dave Meltzer system, I just don't need to see such a you know such a sequence of them. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's it's too intense. You know, even when I was like in 2013, I was so into New Japan, and uh, I sacked off a morning of International Thomas Pynchon Week to watch Okada versus Tanahashi in the G1. Even then, like I, I sort of have my limits. You know, like um, it's like um, uh, PWG. I know a lot of people love PWG, but I can't watch an entire show because I oh, find I it too exhausting. They're just going for it from the first and second matches, like. You know, not just that a match needs to be well paced, but a show needs to be well paced. You can't shoot your bolt in the first uh, the first match. Well, yeah. um, that actually comes on to my uh, second wish. Uh, yeah, talk yeah. about the G one. Um, I seen some absolute fucking mutant on uh, Facebook today, <laughs> who was saying that um, Kento Miyahara should be in the G one next year, and he should just oh for fuck's in, sake, he should just replace the dead oh weight of Toru Yano. Um, with Kento uh, Miyahara. Oh, like, they are getting the call to their house. And, and I bet, I was like, so you don't know that Toriano is the most important person in the G1. <laughs> he literally 
Kate keeps these people alive because what happens is he is there as a rest basically for them so they can have a night off. But my second wish for um what the fuck does that say? <laughs> what? <laughs> right, like, like, we should peek behind the curtain here and say that George is monumentally bent at this point and he's just doing lots of like weird things in the in the Skype chat. Um I fucking love you, lad. Cater. Is it lobster? I have no idea. Um, I think it's meant. I think it was meant to be Lance. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. Sarah, don't listen to this um, at all. Um, yeah. So my second wish for 2018 is for Todo Yano to win a belt or uh, a singles yes! belt or yeah. get a triple uh, get an IWGP shot. I would like to see him in an IWGP match or. To win a singles belt because, like, the thing is, and I said I don't watch the G1. The only thing I do watch in the G1 is I watch every Toru Yano match because, as I said, they're they're edible like popcorn. You can just kind of digest them in like ten minutes. And I really yeah. love Toru Yano, and it's literally the only single matches he does all year. And this bill rope feud that he's been having with Minoru Suzuki, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, and I, I just want to see him have more single matches. So I think give him the never belt. Fuck it. I, should, I think he should have won the never belt against Suzuki, to be honest. But I, I don't think there's any harm in that, because I, I think in... It was maybe 2012 or 2013, he had a run in Noah, and he was feuding with uh, with uh, Kenta, a.k.a. Hideo Itami, and uh, there was a match they had for the JG Heavyweight title where Toriano was the challenger, and he had nicked off with, like, the GHC heavyweight title and the GHC tag titles and like the junior heavyweight tag titles. And he's used like a magpie. All the belts he had with him, he used sort of uh, weighed down with them. Because like, thinking about Toriano is, um, he is genuinely a really good amateur wrestler. Yes, he, he fought like, Pancreas. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he in twenty, I think two thousand four, two thousand five, he had a, a thirty minute draw with Hiroshi Tanahashi in the G one. And looking at that on paper, you would think, oh fucking hell, that sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard. But like back at the time, his gimmick was that he was sort of a, a great amateur, and then he sort of uh, moved into this um, am, uh, Master Ruseman, I've coaxed you into a snafu gimmick, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Like he's really good at it. The thing is about uh, you know we're we're big advocates of this on the on the podcast that wrestling doesn't have to be you know the same thing all the time. It's uh, you know the phrase uh, Arn Anderson would often use is a three ring circus. You know you need to have that variety. It can't just be like work rate work rate work rate all the time. Yeah. Uh, you need someone like Toriano to come in and just do a silly kind of match and just his his fucking finishes a low blow and a roll up for God's sake. <laughs> that's literally the best thing, though. Like, <laughs> like that's, yeah. But you're, Alan Anderson's exactly right, um, and I fully believe this. Um, it might. It's okay to have specialist promotions and things like that that cater for a particular style or whatever. Um, but overall, to me, um, wrestling should be a variety show. Um, yeah, I don't it should. Want, um, I don't. I don't. I don't even. I'm not even looking necessarily for what some people consider to be match quality or work rate in all my matches. No, um, no, I'm, no. I'm looking to for it to be a well-paced, varied show. Um, but maybe everything in it isn't for me. But um, it's for other people sometimes, you know. Like, um, so I, I very yeah, much I'm yeah. an adherent of that theory as well. Yeah, I think 
if I want to give a um, sort of second uh, Christmas wish, I would say that um, I, w I would like uh, wrestlers who are sort of in a bad way to just, uh, this is really anodyne, but uh, I would like them to sort of regain uh, full health and just um, get on with their lives. In the same way, Yoshihiro Takayama, you know, we've um, put yeah. out this appeal for the uh, the Takayamania thing that the Brother Mort is doing, and they've actually raised over $3,000 now. Uh, for his medical bills, which is absolutely amazing, and uh, Katsuri Shibata, people like that. Um, I would just like that certain people in Perosu to just um, dial it back a little bit, just to think about their their personal health, because um, I, I'm going to do a uh, article about this for the uh, I'm in here the Zombie Silly website, uh, but the Katsuri Shibata. Um, Kazuchika Okada IWGP Heavyweight match it is absolutely one of the the best matches I saw last year and yeah, in the too. aftermath you can tell Shibata is absolutely fucked up like yeah, it's, it's um, he's a guy who just did too much to try and get him uh, to get his matches over he did so many stiff strikes and headbutts and things like that that he uh, really harmed himself and I just wish that like maybe some people in Puro would uh, dial it back a bit and just uh, maybe devote a bit more time to uh, technical holds and things like that rather than um, stiff strikes with the head and certain um, uh, certain things which are going to give you neurological damage uh, um, further in the future. So that, that, that's one of the things I would uh, yeah. I would wish for Christmas. Uh, yeah, so um, my... Um, <laughs> this is probably going to seem deliberately provocative and overly negative to some people, but... Okay, that's that's not what I'm trying to do here. Um, I'm just it, this is a genuine. This comes from a genuine place. Um, I would like to see, um, and this is strange because I know so many people get so much pleasure from them. But for me personally, I would like to see um, whatever you want to call it, the elite, the Bullet Club. I would like to see an end to that completely. Um, I'm not. I'm not joking when I say that. The reason that I've not really watched six month, uh, wrestling for about six months um, is largely to do with um, the, the Bullet Club and the Elite. Um, first of all, the fact that it is um, a kind of trans-territorial, trans-promotional thing um, really, really um, um, sapped a lot of my energy and enthusiasm for a lot of products because it was like, right, well, okay, they're dominant in New Japan. Um, I find their shtick to be annoying, um, um, completely self-referential, which I know is the idea because it's this postmodern approach to wrestling, um, but it's not one that interests me. Um, I find it dull. Um, I don't find them to be um, interesting characters um, who I care much about. Um, and I include Kenny Omega in this, by the way. I know that's also controversial. But um, I feel like every time someone joins them... Um, I care about that wrestler a little bit less. Um, and um, the inability of me to be able to change, to go, right, well, they're in New Japan and they're dominant, so, oh, fuck it, I'll watch, I don't know, Ring of Honor instead, or WXW, or whatever, or even Rev Pro. And then all of a sudden, the, the bookings come, and because they make money, and because they sell a lot of merch, and they're, they're, it's undeniable, they're very popular, they are working in so many different promotions. And every time they come in, it's, it usurps and kind of turns over the current conventions, the current um, storylines that have been built quite for quite a long while, 
and it just becomes this um, completely chaotic mess to me creatively. Um, and it's really ruined a lot of my enthusiasm for independent wrestling. Um, it sounds like a terrible thing to say, but I generally, when I'm at a wrestling show, if I see someone in a Bullet Club t-shirt, it's the equivalent of seeing someone in a Beatles t-shirt walking down the street. You think, well, fair enough, the Beatles, you know, whatever. But um, could you literally think of no other band to get a t-shirt of? Like, do you know? <laughs> like, um, so Yeah, I, I, I know what... I know what you mean. Like, um, yeah. I when I was doing like again my sort of abortive uh, PGCE, where I, which I, which I said on for about a month, I did see a bullet uh, guy in a bullet club T-shirt, and I did too sweet him. But at the same time, I do know what you mean. The thing is about the um, particularly about Kenny Omega. I feel like if you were to like ever go to the pub with uh, Kenny Omega, you would probably really get on well with him because like. Um, he seems to be he seems to be a really nice bloke, and uh, he he does seem to be a, a bit of a, a LGBT icon for uh, certain wrestlers. I remember giving an interview, and uh, he was asked about uh, um, uh, his sexuality. He was like, "Yeah, I'm bi. What of it?" And, you know, I think that's really like even in 2017, that's quite a uh, that's quite a thing to admit. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, well, it, yeah. it's just. Yeah, my my problem with Bullet, Bullet Club is kind of the exact opposite of that, and that um, every time there's a new member of the Bullet Club, I, I don't watch Adam Wait right for a multitude of reasons, but one of them is that <laughs> shit. Is a shit, but a lot of the people there, it's like it's like NXT the NXT Championship at the moment. See when they had uh, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Roode, I was like, oh yeah, two, two white guys. In trunks, doing wrestling. That, that that's it. They're just they're just wrestlers. They just look like a normal wrestler, and that that's it. And like they, it doesn't seem to be anything there that I can kind of latch on to. Where I'm like, you know, yeah, that's they're like Randy Orton. They are a wrestler, and that is it. And there's nothing else to them. And other ways are kind of like they don't they don't have that many people in masks or stuff like that from different places. It's all just. Like American guys in trunks doing moves, and that's it. And like when I watch the Bullet Club, and it's like all these fucking ROH people, like Adam Cole and Cody Rhodes and fucking uh, yeah. Hangman oh. Page, and I'm like, I I don't care about any of these people whatsoever. Like, you know, I I don't give a shit about about them at all. I do really like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega as well, but they just they just want like the the probably the most it's a very damning statement from myself when somebody said that he's got all the tools if you know what I mean because that usually implies yeah. that they yeah. are like fucking Bobby Roode or something like that or Triple H or something like, you know like they're sort of in a Triple H mold of you know this big muscular guy in trunks who, who looks like a stereotypical wrestler and it, it does nothing for me I just I just switch off when I see it because. It's just normal. Like I, I can see normal wrestling anywhere, and yeah, that that's what happens in the built cup with me. Is that it's just all these people. I, I don't. None of them have a defined character outside of the group. Like I said, maybe Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. What 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 else is there in the Bullet Club realistically? Uh, apart from Fally, we all we all love Fally, but well, they they <laughs> my yeah, um Fally. my. My in, my interest in uh, Marty Skull, who I actually quite liked before um, he, he joined that lot as well. Um, that 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 dipped when he was was involved with them as well. Um, so you know, it's just this. Um, 
it's it just represents a kind of style of wrestling um, and a style of presentation that I don't like. Um, and I'm happy to admit that I am an old-fashioned outlier on this. And it's, I, it's you know, it's an old man shaking his fist at a cloud. That's fine. Well, I think um, the, the easiest way to put it is that everybody in the Bullet Club, apart from maybe Yujiro, um, is the sort of guy that an absolute mutant on wrestling forum would. If you're yes. uh, if you're in the pub and you go, I don't yes. know if you've heard of a guy called. Adam Cole, I'm really into him, and you're like, oh, yeah, no. you're like, oh, this guy's a twat. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, Cody Rhodes has really improved since he's left the WWE and his indie run is yeah. like, Fuck off, like, he's just, yeah. um, and the fact that there is literally more Bullet Club shirts um, in in wrestling than there is Man U shirts in China um, yeah. says a lot <laughs> about you know. Yeah, they're not very good. Yeah, I, I, the elite, like, I, I know I can handle mean. the top three, Omega, Young Bucks, that's fine. But even fucking Finn Balor and AJ Styles, all this too sweet horse shit in the WWE and fucking yeah. Gallows and Anderson. I always disliked Gallows and Anderson. I liked them for yeah. a week when they turned <laughs> up and realised I hated them again. Yeah. yeah I, I think that um, I know that New Japan are trying to appeal to a, a Western audience, but I think that they they need to not lose sight of the fact that uh, one of the things that marks them apart from you know WWE is the fact that they are are, are different. They don't want yeah, to bring in like every exactly. sort of fucking uh, cast off of like I when Drew Galloway got um, got released from the WWE, I saw loads of people saying, "Oh, you should join the Bullet Club." I was like, "Oh, where are you? Where are you going to fit?" Uh, like not every yeah. single person is like. Um, I saw someone saying, like, if the Montreal Screwjob had taken place uh, 20 years later, it's like, oh, Bret Hart's going to join the Bullet Club and everyone on Twitter's going to be uh, giving their spicy hot takes about the thing. You know, it doesn't necessarily uh, need to be like that. Um, you know, I think that Bullet Club, in the same way that the NWO sort of, when it was Hall, Nash and Hogan, and maybe Ted DiBiase and Macho Man and a uh, sort, of, sort of select group of elite wrestlers, it uh, it was a really threatening faction. At the same time, when did you start bringing in people like uh, fucking Virgil and Stevie Ray? And the Disciple. Yeah. And uh, those two TV chefs that joined NWO for one day uh, from Dinner and a Movie. Yeah. Oh, uh, the uh, Dinner and a Show guys, yeah. yeah. It sort of dilate, dilutes what made it cool. And... Um, I mean, yeah, the other thing I would say is that I would, I know this is a really um, um, sentimental thing, but I would really like to see Pro Wrestling Noah have a bit of a renaissance. Like, I know they've sort of lost the uh, New Japan um, partnership that they had when Minoru Suzuki was the GHC champion, that was really good. Uh, and now they've sort of got a sort of uh, rump parliament of uh, people like Go Shiyazaki and Maybach Taniguchi and, uh, and uh, people like that. And I find it really sad because they're sort of drawing under a thousand for their Korokan Hall shows. And Noah used to be a really huge concern in the fact that they would get like 50,000, 60,000 people to their uh, Tokyo Dome shows. And I know things have to move on in terms of Perosu, but I would like that... Uh, a Purosu company with a, a great amount of history would actually remain a viable uh, concern, not in uh, in the uh, the threat of uh, a catastrophic bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I I don't really watch Noah that much. You see the odd vaunting match here and now and then. They do deserve a wee bit of good luck because 
They are pretty down on it. They're, to be fair, I think they are better than they were like a year or two ago when the Suzuki gun uh, invasion had just totally destroyed everything. And then they were oh, just God, yeah. Yeah. off and then that was it. Um, but yeah, because I mean, you look at all Japan over the last like two or three years and how... And they've how been doing great stuff over the yeah, last couple of years. They've been doing really, really well over the last couple of years and you think, oh, why can't that be Noah? Um, to be honest, I've always, certainly for a few years, I've always thought that the idea of a combined all Japan Noah, like Noah being absolved into all Japan, that I feel that that yes. is a very because I mean that, that also gives you like a whole wealth of ca- uh, challengers going you know for the triple crown, and I feel that you can kind of you can kind of work work on that. Like them working together would be a really really uh, good thing, and I feel that it would kind of spur both of them on. But yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like it would be, it would be good to see. I, I I don't want to see a company die, I mean, even TNA. Like you know like. Yeah, you know it, it's a bit shit and all that, but like at the end of the end of the line, there's people there who have to, you know, who are going to lose jobs. So I just want them to get their, their, their shit in order and get a bit of a lucky break, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's the thing. Like we we we're like we're sometimes quite critical of certain wrestling companies, but we're not. Um, inveterate cynics. We like we really fucking love wrestling. We want wrestling to be good. It's like yeah. that. Uh, that Brian Alvarez quote where he was saying, like, um, he was refuting the people who think that uh, he wants TNA to fail. He was saying, you know, I would love it if wrestling was as successful as it was, it was in the 90s because he would have a solid gold boat. Yeah. And uh, Vinny said, you won't be able to sail it. He said, I don't care. I would have it. <laughs> so that's sort of our opinion, like. You know, wrestling is fucking cool. We want companies to be successful. It's just some of them, like Noah and WWE, they kind of need to get out of their own way. They need to they don't help uh, themselves. remember. No, they don't. They need to remember what made themselves um, appealing to their their core fan base. Mm, yeah, I agree. So um, I don't know if you, either of you guys have Christmas wishings, um, wishes that you would need to uh, put forward. I have uh, another Christmas wish. Um, Go for it, fam. I wish for Pat Fisk to win the Scottish Cup because I think <laughs> that it would actually be the greatest moment of my life, um, and I think I would genuinely break down in tears. I have I have said to uh, my wife that if they ever did get to a cup final or a semi final, she w- I would have to take her with me. Because and I know a lot of people are like, oh fucking casuals turning up for the cup, big cup final, the glory hunters and all that. But it's more from an emotional standpoint for me. And that I if mm. they get beat, I need someone like a shoulder to cry on essentially and tell me that it'll be alright. <laughs> or if it's to, if it's yeah. to win, I mean like if you you know if you're in a relationship with someone you want to spend the best moment of real life with them. And I feel that like if Kessa mm. won the Scottish Cup, it would be the greatest thing. However, um. They're only four years away from that because, as we know, they won the Scottish Cup in 1921, and then they won the League Cup in 1971. So 2021, get your get your coupons on now. Actually, don't never put a coupon in Fessel. No, 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 don't, don't put any money. <laughs> don't put any money on Partick Thistle to win anything. I do like your realism in the fact that you uh, were advocating Partick Thistle to win the Scottish Cup, not the league. Not the league. You have to um, <laughs> display yeah, competence yeah. over uh, 38 games, but the cup. You can have a few lucky oh, results. Like yeah, when I, when City won the FA Cup a few years ago, um, before we'd um, win any um, any, well, before we won our first Premier League title or anything like that, um, that was um, like that was the mo- At that point in my life, I thought this is it. This is the 
the most uh, the most I can ever hope for in football. It will never get any better than this. We've won <laughs> exactly. something. No, like, no, we've no. won something. And I, 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 when the final whistle went, I literally walked around the room I was in with a load of people that watched it with me who weren't City fans but wanting us, us to win because of me, just saying disbelievingly, we've won something. We've won something. We've won a trophy. But, um, like, it was unbelievable. So you'll, you'll, I guarantee that it will be, it will be the best day of your life. Absolutely, kids. It, 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 it was mine. One, so, one of my biggest regrets, um, like as a Fissel fan, is that I get really, I get started going to games, um, in the tail end of possibly one of their greatest seasons. So I went to what the fuck is George doing? Um, George is wrecked. Um, yeah, I, I, I went in the year they won the first division. So, like, they totally ran away with the league and there was, like, several games which kind of won them the title um, and I didn't go to them because I wasn't going to games at that point. It was also the oh, year they got nice. to the Ramsden's Cup final. They got to the oh. Ramsden Cup final and they lost in a penalty shootout, but they equalised in, like, the last minute. And, like, everyone oh. know. This is also the year when, on that on that season on the way, they had that amazing 5-4 game at Hamden against Queen's Park, which is the most insane game I've ever, I've ever heard of. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. So like that, that's one of my biggest regrets is that I, I had the opportunity to go and I didn't, like, because I didn't realise how big a season that was. So, yeah, as I said, oh, like, as the song goes, you know, we have a promise we shall fulfil to bring the Scottish Cup back home to Mary Hill. That's that's the song. So I would I would really love it to them to do that. Uh, we need to get Emperor Hirohito's ashes and scatter them in the Jackie Husband stands yeah. because, as we know, every time Hirohito comes to Glasgow, uh, Fist will win a cup. So, yeah, exactly. um, yeah, we just scatter his ashes and we'll win everything every time. Uh, but, yeah, that, <laughs> that's my hope. Um, yeah. Okay, well, um, I think that's probably about, uh, probably about it for our uh, Christmas episodes. Um, what I want to say is that I'm... I had the idea that I was going to do a secret Santa for the three of us. Um, you know, with, with one thing or another, I had lots of stuff on at work, and I didn't particularly, um, uh, I didn't particularly uh, do a lot of stuff towards um, uh, doing it. So, um, I, I feel that I mean I don't have Daniel's address, else I would have just sent him some cans in the post. I only realised this like two days ago. So he would really two- like he would really like the cans, but um. I'm kind of sorry because it, like it, it feels weird that we have a Christmas episode and we don't have Christmas presents. But um, you know, um, I, I fuck, fuck. David, can you can can you hear that? Yeah, yeah, I heard that. What? Oh, what? It's. What? I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm probably. It's probably the drink, but I'm, I'm hearing sleigh bells. Yeah, I'm hearing that as well. Oh, okay. Like I, like I say, I'm really wasted at the moment. But I, I swear, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing sleigh bells, and I, <laughs> I haven't believed in him since I was a kid. But is, is it, is Santa coming? I mean, I heard something on the roof, and like. Is something oh, coming down the phone? Oh, is there a chimney? What the oh, fuck? Is there a, ch- a chimney? Oh, like, there's soot coming out the chimney? What the fuck? I think I can, I, think I, I can actually hear him coming down the chimney. Say it, say it and so, man. Is, is, is Santa is, actually coming and going to give us some presents? It's Santa. Like, let's wait for him to come down. Uh, fucking hell. What, like, these, these fucking old, these Edwardian fucking chimneys have got no purchase. <laughs> I, I think I think it's Santa, David. Santa, like... 
Hello. <laughs> well, yeah. Yo, oh. yo, ho, ho. Yo, oh. ho, ho. Uh, lads, 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 look. It's, uh, do us a favour. Um, I've got a couple of new Chinese wrestling DVDs. Uh, I'll do you two for a tenner. We'll say no more. Two for a tenner. I'll throw in a, a, the new uh, Rich and Judy book club as well. <laughs> two for a tenner. Uh, no, no, it's not Santa. <laughs> it's our it's old mate, Teddy Riley from Wigan. Oh, for uh, fuck's sake. Look, 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 look. Just two for the tenner, lads. Come on, two for the tenner. Come on, it's, it's, it's the bargain of a lifetime. Have you ever seen Chinese wrestling? Best right. wrestling in the world, Chinese wrestling. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy, like, be straight with us. This Chinese wrestling that you, you mentioned, is it just porn? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> but is it stardom though? Because um, I mean they have a valuable yeah. subscription service based yes. on perverts. So <laughs> that's, you, need get, you need to get on demand. That's where you need to go, Terry. I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be honest, lads. What I've done is I've just I've I've used the YouTube downloaded to rip those uh those videos from those channels of uh of of, of beefy greasy men. Okay, uh, Terry. Like I I appreciate the effort on your part. Would it be remiss of me to ask you to fuck off? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm used to it, really. I'm glad, glad, glad you've taken it in the correct spirit. No, it's, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll just go and I'll just go outside and sit and eat some uh, spaghetti hoops out of a can on the side of the road like Fonzie. Yeah, okay. Second like savory ninety-nine. Uh, you don't, you don't need to use the chimney this time. You can go through the front door, but don't leave any soot in the carpet because it's a pain in the hole. Like to get up. Oh, and... well. Oh, well, okay. Well, I'd I'd off my fucking cap to you then. In that case, like, oh, isn't that nice of you? Uh, I don't okay. know. Fucking no marks. I'm out of it. See you later, Teddy. <laughs> See you later, Kerry. Have a good yeah, um, yeah. have a good Christmas and um, you know, God bless us, everyone. Yeah, I, I hope your fucking chimney falls in.
I just, I just literally need the. Um, okay, okay, we'll do. So we'll do, we'll do that then. I'll have, have another like snifter of this, uh, of this fine French uh, uh, Van der Fonts in this <laughs> lardy da sort El, of French. Elvino Collapso. Uh, have you ever had a pint of tartan special, Daniel? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've got two cans in the fridge. Yes. I might, I might oh, pull them out. Yeah, I've got some Lucas Aid and Tartan Special. Uh, the Breakfast of Champions at 20 to 4. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. Kento Miyahara's going to Swindon. Yeah. Swinny D. So is it Sushi Yoki? Who once played and who once uh, performed in the Hun Peninsula that is governing Bristol? I, I think um, the uh, rookie sensation Yuma Ayaki is going as well. So it uh, looks like it's going to be a pretty good show. One of my mates, one of my best mates, uh, lives in Swindon, and he said um, he bought a university from the student shop, which uh, the university. What the fuck am I talking about? I'm pretty wasted. Um, he bought a hoodie on the uh, from the student shop that said Durham University on it, and I asked him why he did this because I thought it was a, a, a bit lame. He's like, yeah, we know you go to like a a fairly good Russell Group University, you don't need to rub it in. And they uh, said, basically what it is, is most people in Swindon can't read. And so they, they think they're going to stab you. And then they see the words Durham University on your hoodie and they go, oh, what the fuck's that? And they, they tried to read it. And by the time they finish, you'll have already stabbed them. <laughs> <laughs> his, exact, his exact words. We thank you one and all and wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's Christmas Eve in L.A. But a team of terrorists. You want money? What kind of terrorists are you? Who said we were terrorists? Have their own holiday plans. And I'm telling you, you just got to kill me. Okay. We do it the hard way. But the one thing they didn't plan on was New York cop John McClane. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? yippee ki mother... And you'll have it! They have already killed one hostage. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Lady, do I sound like I'm ordered a pizza? Come to Papa, honey. Are you really an American? Only if New Jersey counts. What does he think he's doing? <laughs> He's an easy guy to like. Welcome to the party, pal. And a hard man to kill. Bruce Willis. Die hard. There we go. There, there is the end. That is. Oh my right, god! Everyone right, pressed I'm off. I'm literally about to. At fall this asleep. current, 
I am dead. Everyone press. Right, wait, wait. Are we, are, I might have done. Are we pressing stop? 